I am Vicky, the voice input child identikant, and this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, note to Erica's Weird Out Loud. Get ready to have all of this week's books spoiled and hear Jim and Eric argue about everything. Enjoy! Alright, alright! Who the hell are you? We're the band. The band? Where's your instruments? What the... We only play rock music here! Rock and roll! Yeah, dude, like, I think we're the band. I've been waiting for you boys all day. Get on stage! of Weird Out Loud, the official podcast of Weird Science DC Comics blog. I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And we're your duo of despondence as we take a look at this week's DC Comics. Ah, yes, Eric. Uh, It is the 4th of July. Yes, I know. It's been booming outside and outside. Oh, yeah. Luckily, we started a little late tonight uh, after a couple false starts as well because, man, the fireworks are going off earlier, and I'm not talking about me and my wife fighting. Boom, boom. (laughs) Ah, it's the 4th of July. That's Independence Day, Eric. And as I told you twice, I think, already tonight, you know what this is Independence Day for? What this podcast represents in independence from all those other crazy podcasts, Eric, where people love each other (laughs) with their friendly talk and their politically correct humor. I I actually listened to a a couple podcasts earlier where they actually bleep out curse words that made me laugh. Can you imagine going through and bleeping out all this shit? That'd be tough. Especially from you. I know. I'm telling you, you would hear beep right from you constantly. (laughs) I'm telling you, these guys seem to bleep out anything. If if somebody said, God, beep it, what is going on here? Uh, But the same podcast had three. Count them three, Eric. One, two, three. That's what she said jokes. That's what she said, Joe. That's Sorry. rough. That is rough. That, when do you when do you think those jokes were played out? And don't tell me like the minute that they were said. Two thousand five. That's good. Ten years later, they're still going strong. I was waiting to hear the "What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that very well. Or maybe even some Chuck Norris jokes. That would have been good too. But I still Eric, like a good Chuck Norris joke. Do you? Yeah. Uh, they're they're all played out. Oh, I know, but I still enjoy hearing them. Do you? Well, yeah. maybe I'll come up with some later. I, I can't think of any uh, right off the bat. But, Eric, this podcast isn't for everyone. Uh, Apparently. Yeah, I can tell by the numbers that it's not for many. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, we, I think that uh, we, we started strong, and people have gotten to know us, Eric, and they have ditched us. But you know who likes this Yep, podcast? it's life. I got you. Yes, yes. Who is this podcast for? I'm going to tell you. It's for people who love to play with Imagine X on Friday nights. Who doesn't? People will worry about the continuity of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Dude, I, I totally got this figured out. As long as we get rid of the last movie, Texas Chainsaw, that came out, I can totally put this shit together. Sure, it's going to work. Okay. And finally, it's for people who have met James Hampton. To Eric, who's James Hampton? 
He's the father from Teen Wolf, the best dad of movies ever. And who met him? I met him. Uh, yes, and what I'm saying is you're the only one who listens to the podcast, Eric. But, but and, I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> you mean you didn't listen to last week's episode? I listened to it at work, and we had a short week this week. Oh, jeez. And then I was now nobody listens. It's, it's me and me, myself, and I, as De La Soul once sang, Eric. Me, myself, and I. But, like I said, we're going to talk news, and James reviews, listener mail, and other things, Eric. That's what I we're going to get to. And I we're dig gonna, it. We're going to start off with the news. All right. The first bit of news. Now, I think I have six pieces of news tonight. I think. Is that right? Yes. Right. Six pieces of news we're going to have here. And I want you to tell me if these are, are worthy of news or not when I'm done. But the first one is Warner Brothers. Says their hands are full with the DC films and are shifting the Vertigo films to New Line. This is a story from one of my favorite sources, Eric, Deadline. Deadline reports on a lot of things, and they're saying that due to the expansive plans for the DC superhero films, Warner Brothers has handed over control of adapting titles from DC's Vertigo imprint to New Line Cinema. New Line is a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. Deadline describes Warner Brothers having its hands full with the DC films, with the Vertigo projects considered, I quote, subversive <laughs> compared to the DC superhero franchises. Now, I, I'm not completely done this news story, but this made me laugh, actually, because subversive, <laughs> really. Either the person who at Deadline does not know the definition of subversive or these uh, Vertigo films really suck <laughs> in their uh, preliminary things because – why would they be subversive? I have no idea. They just, just go. Against, I guess they just go against everything that the superhero like flicks are I, trying to do. I guess, but still, they're just movies. I, it, and it's it's Warner Brothers. And this isn't just DC, you know, comics. This is Warner Brothers. Warner so, Brothers should really just take a page from Marvel and actually have a DC like film like yeah. like uh, division. Yeah, and then that would actually that would to me that would be actually a lot better. Me too. That, you know what? Then, you know what New Line is? What's that? The house that Freddie built. Yeah, I know. And yeah. now they're going to be the house that the Sandman destroyed, Eric. <laughs> because they mentioned the previously announced the Sandman feature film by actor-director Joseph Gordon-Levitt, or as we JGL. JGL, as a potential flagship for the Vertigo film line. Though I still think that's subversive, Eric. Deadline Dude, also yeah. mentioned Constantine, which is odd. Dark Universe, Preacher, and Lucifer. Dark although, Universe is odd. Although three of those are upcoming or recent television projects. It's funny they mentioned Constantine. That might have been subversive, Eric, because that is done. Uh, but this bit of news... I missed so much. Yeah, this bit of news leads to the next story, which is Guillermo del Toro exits the Justice League Dark film. He's done. He's I really done. thought that was over a while ago. Yeah, well, according to a report on Heat Vision, Heat Vision, <laughs> regarding the shuffling of Vertigo-based films to New Line Cinemas, Guillermo del Toro has exited the long-in-development Justice League Dark film adaptation. Del Toro's film... I don't like Freddy Krueger. I'm yes. out. Del Toro, whose film Crimson Peak debuts later this year, will not will next be working on a sequel to Pacific Rim. You love Pacific Rim. Yes, I did. So you'll get a sequel. I didn't. I actually didn't think they were going to make a sequel at one point, uh, but they are. Although Del Toro is off the project, Heat Vision's unnamed sources, they have friends, Eric. Bullshit. Friends they made this up. Places. Say Justice League Dark will continue to be developed at New Line alongside the film adaptations of books from DC's Vertigo line. I cry bullshit. That's never going to come. Uh, I, just, that, I really think that Warner Brothers realized that the, sh the, shi the ship is sinking on these superhero films. And like instead of creating this DC like subsidiary, they're just, hey, New Line, you ain't got shit to do because they're not making House Party movies anymore. Here you uh, go. They're, they're not making House Party 7? 
They might actually. Who fucking Kid and knows? Play's not available? <laughs> uh, the problem is, I think Kid is available to play. He's gone, Eric. He's done. Is, was he dead? No, I don't think so. It's yeah, funny when you say Kid that. Play doing? No, he's just, he's, Play is doing Played his own out. thing. He's doing his own thing, buddy. He might have, I don't know what he, I was just going to make up something that he's doing, but I'm sure. The mic dropped it, itself on his yeah. career. No, I love Play. <laughs> Everybody loves Play. No, it was Kid or nothing. Get out of here. I know. Um, do you think the, in your mind they're gonna lock if, legs and dance around? If Kid didn't have that high fade, to, no, like, that's the entire thing. That's the shit. That's yeah. a headband right if, there. If he didn't have that, that, nothing would have ever come about with Kid and Play. Absolutely, that not. is exactly. That's it. That was all Kid and Play. Such a good, good look. I think you should go with that look. Get rid of the headband. <laughs> go with the Kid. I do, do you, that. It's just gonna look like vanilla it's ice. It's funny that at some point you probably could have walked into a, a barber shop or you know and said, "Hey, I want the kid," and they yeah. they would have given it to you. Or I don't know what they would have done. I was gonna make up some joke about what they <laughs> would have parted it down the side. Okay, yeah, yeah. they would have been try. I could never. My hair is too always too thin. It would have looked like Sean. It would have looked like Sean from Work's haircut. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, the uh, kid. The kid. Uh, yes. Uh, do you think, what are your percentage chance that Justice League Dark will ever appear in a, in a theater? It really, det- like, it really, the deciding factor is how well these other movies play. So what you're saying is zero. Yes. That's what I think. And I think, uh, like you actually joked, I think Del Toro has long gone. This ship had sailed. He has already waved goodbye a year ago. And it's just coming out now. That's what it, it seemed like. Yeah, I, it, it, he kept saying like weird things like, oh, yeah, we're still working on it. Oh, we're, I'm still involved. I'm still involved. Screw that. It's over. I just don't want Justice League Dark to look like Hellboy. I'd rather actually have Hellboy 3 look like Hellboy than yeah, JLD. I, I, I just don't think a Justice League Dark movie will, uh, will it's ever It's because you happen. don't like the dark characters. No, it's just that really. But me, I know them at least. The, the general public, they have no idea. They're, they they wouldn't go see this movie. They just wouldn't. Uh, you know what I'd see, though? My next story, Eric. You like Bengal, right? Yeah, now that I know it's a he, I do like Bengal. I know, that's what makes... Oh, don't you start Actually, that controversy, that Eric. Yeah, don't you start sexist, it. Next I'm, I'm just trying be, to say that we didn't know if it was a he or she before. I'm going to be yelling about Gal Gardner and Justice League uh, in, uh, Justice League 3001 and controversy. Airboy. Airboy 2. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Call Bleeding Cool. They have a story, Eric. They're always looking for <laughs> stories. Ah, uh, Yes, my next story. If they don't it, have one, they'll just make my, it up. And my next news is that Artist Bengal will be bringing Dick Grayson to July's Batgirl Annual. Um, and really, this isn't that big a news story. You know, I only, no. I only put it because you thought Bengal was a woman and it's a guy. And I, it makes me laugh. Every Name time. like Bengal. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Bengal. That's fierce. I thought of the bangles is what I thought no, of. No, so it's Susanna Hoff. Walk like an Egyptian. She, she's, uh, the, it's actually French artist Bengal has just become a familiar name to comic fans in the United States, including Eric Shea. That's right. But in July's Batgirl Annual Number 3, readers will get to see more of the artist's interior work as he draws the new Batgirl of Burnside again. Remember the issue he was on? Endgame. Yeah, it was Endgame Number 1. Batgirl it was a great-looking issue, and it the was. best part about it, silent. Yeah, yeah, you love those silent issues. In the annual story, Bengal will portray Barbara meeting agents for from the Grayson series, not only Spiral Chief, Helena <laughs> Helena Bertinelli, I can't read, but DC has hinted that the heroine will encounter an unknown agent that would surprise her, Dick Grayson. This is actually, 
This is actually very surprising to me because at the end of Gail Simone's run, she really set it up that Batgirl would be working for some spy agency. And since Cameron Stewart and Fletcher have taken over, yeah. no mention of it whatsoever. Yeah, well, this must be a little bit of it. I, I don't know. Hopefully it's not. I think they're going to say fuck Gail Simone and do exactly the opposite of what she had set up. Yeah, I, Not I, even talk about I it. I just hope it's not forced and whatever. But it'll be cool to see. This is what they had hinted at. DC themselves had hinted that uh, Dick Grayson was going to get more into the DC you right. and that people would realize that he is alive I, worst I, spy ever i yeah really i i think that um it this is something this is good because of what's happened with batman and things like that that they need to get these the bat family kind of together because it seems like they're just miles apart now Eric. Miles and as we apart. saw in the last issue of grayson he just wants to come home i knew Jim. you were gonna say it he, he just wants he to got come so home. upset he just wait he's like a kid at camp Hey, Chappie, he's got the fears. Oh, he's got the fears. Oh, you know what? Broke but my heart. You know what the DCU needs more of? Dick. That's what they need. <laughs> was it last episode? Isn't that, that a sexist it, was, comment now? Was it last episode that I, I announced that gay men love Dick? Yes. <laughs> that was pretty good. I believe it was. Uh, yes. That, that's probably why people are bailing on us. Talk like that. <laughs> uh, yes. Your hate speech and my other hate speech, I guess. The next uh, news is... About Gotham, the the show that we announced last week that we do not li- watch, we don't at follow at all. Uh, but I mentioned that they had cast, um, who was it? Uh, don't the- recall. It was Theo Gallivan. That's oh, yeah, who was Theo announced. Gallivan? Yep. Theo Gallivan was going to be uh, played by a James Frain of True Blood fame. Eric, uh, Is that and guy I mentioned who turns that- into that dog. I don't know. I, you don't my, wife, True Blood? my wife watched that. I, I watched the first season because a friend really liked it. And like we said, I went over to her house every week. And we sat down and watched it. But then oh, I was did out. You? Yeah. I thought your move had to do with Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, well, last week I mentioned that uh, they hadn't cast Tigress, who was going to be this uh, Theo Gallivan's sister. And this week they cast her. They didn't waste any time because TV Line reports that Jessica Lucas has been cast as Tabitha Gallivan, a.k.a. Tigress, for the upcoming second season of Fox's Gotham. Lucas will work alongside James Frayne from True Blood, Eric, who will play her brother, Theo. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. With reports <laughs> describing them as two of the season's major villains, TV Line goes on to describe Lucas's character as a bullwhip-toting enforcer for her billionaire brother with the joint goal of taking over Gotham. Bullwhip, Eric. You know Does who has a bullwhip? Line- Catwoman? No. Yeah? Indiana Jones. Oh. And he pulled ahead this week in our contest of the Just for the Hell of It Monday review. So there. I think you set that up. I did. Suck it. Nobody even knows what we're talking about. No, Lucas recently starred in the television series Grace Point. Or is it Grace Point and Colt? (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea what that show is. Grace Point and Colt. Is that like a buddy cop show? Because if it is, that's a the worst title I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm Grace oh, Point. My. This is my partner, Colt. <laughs> this is Colt. We're Grace Point and Colt. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's, it's like uh, the second version of uh, what was the woman cop show? Cagney and Lacey. Cagney and Lacey. You know what? This this brings up a point for me this week. I have had the worst problem this week of thinking of words. I sat at the computer. There were times where I was doing reviews this week and just – pounding on the freaking desk because I couldn't think of a word, and then I'd have to go and walk around. It was awful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Grace Point and Colt. Uh, she also played in roles in the movies Pompeii, 
But it, did anybody see Pompeii? No, I don't think they did. Do you, do you even know there was a movie Pompeii? I'm trying to think of it. That's why I can't come up with it, so I don't think anybody saw I, it. I, I saw the case at the library when I was looking through movies. I'm like, oh, that seems okay. And then I like, no. Uh, and then some other crap. Is Pierce movies. Bronson in that movie? Uh, probably. He might have been. I think Liam Neeson's in it. I think that was Dante's Liam Neeson's in it. And he, or Volcano. Yes. Liam Neeson yells at the volcano and says that he's coming to get him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we saw Taken 3 yesterday, too. You asked or before we started recording what we watched this weekend. And we did watch Taken 3, Eric. So. How'd you like that? It was okay. Right. Uh, this uh, girl, what was her name? Tabitha Galvin. <laughs> Grace she, Point and Colt? She was in Grace Point and Colt, but also some crappy movie, Evil Dead. Did Who you like the remake Dead? of Evil Dead? I actually did. I went in not wanting to like it, but I kind of like it, yeah, actually, for she, its own merits. She was in that. You're going to have to look up a picture of her. I don't know. And also in Cloverfield. There you go. Are I you, excited? For, Are you excited for Tabitha Galavan? I don't watch Gotham. Tigress. I'm not going to start watching because they got Tigress in that bitch. But they have Tigress, Eric. Oh, and, yeah? And Theo Galavan. And that guy billionaire. who might or might not turn into a dog. I don't know. He might. I don't. I still don't know what that means. Well, what do you mean? What is it? He actually turned. Are you like alluding that a he is a, a werewolf there, there is, or is he actually no, no, turned no. into a dog? He that's turns a, into a dog. Is it a mean dog? Not that I recall, it's but it's been dog. a long time since season worst, one that I watched. Worst power I've ever heard in my life. I don't even know if it's the same guy. Turning into a dog. That's that's just stupid. All right. The next the next uh, bit of news is not DC news, but I threw it in because a uh, little joke between me, <laughs> you, and Joel is that Cullen Bunn – and I actually, I mentioned it on the podcast. I mentioned it in uh, probably because we were leading up to Lobo this week. And what Cullen Bunn – oh, uh, Lost Army wasn't his uh, – Aquaman. And Aquaman. Doesn't he do Lost Army as well? Yes. Oh, my goodness. The guy – our joke is the guy has 800 books. And, and I, I talked to you during the day about this. We were actually talking to Joel. And all of a sudden the news comes out. Cullen Bunn has another book. He's going to do Voltron from the Ashes. Uh, Dynamite a Voltron fan, weren't you? Yeah. Dynamite Entertainment is proud to announce the return of the Voltron Force in the pages of Voltron from the Ashes, an all-new six-issue miniseries written by Cullen Bunn. Uh, set 200 years after the events of Dynamite's previous Voltron series, the miniseries will introduce a new Tim to pilot the five lions that form the Defender of the Universe. The debut issue will launch in September 2015 and cover feature cover art from acclaimed Transformers artist Alex Milne. I, half of that I don't even know what that means. They might, <laughs> they might even have a guy who turns into a dog there. And No, I was not a Voltron fan at all. Um, yeah, I, was did, I. I did have a big Voltron. Like I can't even call it an action figure. It was big. Um, but that's about it. I remember uh, what you're talking about. I, I, I remember the action figure thing. Yeah, yeah. I was more of a uh, Battle of the Planets fan. That's right. We did talk back about in the this. Day. Yeah, <laughs> that was my that was my joint, Eric. That was probably on uh, WPIX or Channel 29 Philadelphia. I love that. I loved it. I thought that was great. Voltron was a little more realistic, and I didn't want that. I wanted craziness and and fun, and that's what Battle of the Planets was. I think that is Gotchman in. Uh, the anime Japanese uh, version. Yeah, I have uh, no idea what you're saying, but all right. right. Uh, but again, that was just a little news to show you that Cullen Bunn is indeed overworked, and I, I the stories are showing. I it. think his work is suffering. I hate to say it, the guy was so well respected, and now he's he's had a couple bombs, Eric. Couple bombs, and that continues this week, by the way. <laughs> uh, yes, and the last bit of news. It's a little Fourth of July news. You know, uh, Joey Chestnut. You a big Joey Chestnut fan? Is he on Entourage? No, he is not. Joey Chestnut is the that guy who is the big eating contest winner. 
The big guy or the little Chinese no, guy? No, no, not the Chinese guy. He's the he's not very big. He's probably standard issue. He's not a fat guy. I don't guy. really get behind this eating well, thing. I have no idea who he Joey lost, Chestnut is. He lost is. the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest wet. There's a new man in town. There's a new uh, sheriff in town, Eric. Uh, Joey Chestnut you tell me you got won this? defeated. No, I wish. A young buck. This is the actual New York Post. <laughs> calls the guy a young buck. The New York Post reported a young buck upset the top dog at the July 4th wiener eating contest at Nathan's Famous in Coney Island. Matt Stoney gobbled 62 francs to victory and a $40,000 prize, denying reigning champ Joey Jaws Chestnut his ninth consecutive <laughs> title. Christ. Guy won nine consecutive titles. Kubiashi, he's, he's off the Jim. scene, Eric. Is he a great big fat person? No, he's not. He's God. actually kind of built just standard it was a line from silence of the lambs the 23 year old yeah but it's not true the 23 year old san jose native pulled ahead of chestnut three minutes of the 10 minute eat off never relinquishing his two to three dog lead for the rest of the competition hey this young buck is he a great big fat person no he isn't he looks pretty thin too chestnut, how the hell am i gonna lose my mind chestnut, and make suits out of these people's skin if you're not, not a great big fat people? chestnut 30 also of san jose surrendered his title graciously saying he just couldn't find his rhythm i had trouble In his heart here's what he, he had a heart attack here's joey chestnut now again this is an eating champion eric so don't expect too much from this quote i had trouble i was <laughs> slow and he was eating fast that's what he said. I had trouble. I was slow, and he was eating fast. Some great commentary there. The young Buck Stoney then said, I trained hard for this. But, oh, yes. The wiener Shit. eating contest, Eric. Oh, jeez. I thought you had that every Wednesday at the truck stop. That's Tuesday, and you know it. Tuesday? What, Wednesday's I... new comic book day. Oh yeah, you have to ship the day. But man, I've seen you take a lot of a lot of wieners in ten minutes, my friend. Yeah. A lot like a of duck. Uh, oh yes. I don't know what that means. What is this podcast? A bunch no of teeth. A bunch of crow. Oh, God, is that what? Yeah, I don't know. The last time I felt a lot of teeth there, buddy. Whoo! <laughs> this thing is going you off me the some rails money. early. Uh, but we're going to get back on point, Eric, by going to listener mail. And you know right. what? We had a little discussion this week, and I'm only going to mention the email because you put your foot down and told me the only way that people can get on the podcast is through email, which I think is a bunch of freaking nonsense. But the email is weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. So if you want to get your mail on the podcast if you want us to read your awful hate speech towards me and eric you have to send an email you cannot send me a tumblr message you cannot send me a message on twitter you can't get the pony express it has to be that's email. Right. and because of that we have three emails this week eric three. excellent that's it we actually had four other tumblr messages i did not include them good so there welcome yeah, and I think that you're ridiculous because that's people don't just write email. First off, I told you earlier this week, a lot of people don't want their email address given to people. And when they send me an well, email, like I get the email. They don't know that. How would they well, know? Uh, so we have, Say it on the podcast. I don't know, man. Damn. We have, well, why are they going to trust us? But, yeah, we had a couple on Tumblr that were legitimately questions for the podcast. One guy even said, here's one for the podcast. But I did not include it. We might include it next week. Uh, I'll have uh, to talk to the guy. I like how you laugh at the the five people who do listen. Uh, yeah. The, the listenership is, is failing, and you are not helping it. The first, I'm having a good time. The first message is from, or the first listener mail is from uh, Duran. D-Ron. D-Ron. 
He says, and it's Darren. Why did I say Durant? I don't, I don't even know. Every time I see that spelling, it's such an odd spelling. I'm sorry, Darren. <laughs> He's going to hate me. Uh, Darren asked, I understand that both of you reside in Pennsylvania. I have heard people claim that Pennsylvania is basically Philadelphia in the east, Pittsburgh in the west, and Alabama meets West Virginia in the middle of the state. Hence, the state is often nicknamed Pennsylvania. Is there any truth in this assertion, or are people that are people that make this claim just insane? Keep up the good work on the blog and the podcast, uh, Darren. It's correct, one hundred percent correct. Yeah, it's uh, and luckily, I would say that we're in the better part, Eric. We're just outside of Philadelphia, um, Pittsburgh. Even Pittsburgh itself, Pittsburgh to me is more of an Ohio type area. Like they're right there. Or even West Virginia. Yeah, I didn't want to insult them too much. I spent. A, <laughs> I went to college in West Virginia, West Virginia U, and uh, yeah, that middle of the Pennsylvania is just like that. It's it's we have a weird state. It, it's kind of anywhere you go, you get and you you see it a lot in the sports teams. You have everybody around here is you know typically Philadelphia sports fans, but you go what. A half hour away, and all of a sudden, it's all Pittsburgh Steelers. And well, my my uncle lives in New York, and he's a Steelers fan. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, you get even close. You don't even have to get to like Harrisburg way, and there's already Steelers fans. But then you go to Allentown, which is there, and you have a lot of Giants fans. It's just crazy. I don't even understand it. But yeah, the middle of the state's awful. And, and I've seen just to throw in a little current events with this goddamn uh, freaking Confederate flag. I've seen more Confederate flags around our area recently, and I blame the middle of Pennsylvania. I think the people are coming from there and bringing their Confederate flags because for some reason these people in Pennsylvania think that they're redneck Southerners, and I don't understand it, Eric. Neither do I. I I am not a a big history buff, but I I think that we were not fighting with the Confederates. (laughs) Am I correct? Pennsylvania was Union, correct? Correct. I'm a dummy. But I kind of remember Pennsylvania being a big union state. I, At first, I thought you were saying, like, we personally weren't fighting the Confederates, and I'll go with you. You know, we were not. No, me and you were not. That is true. But it seems like uh, the way things are going, we're going to have to. It's got, there's a guy that lives right down the street that has two Confederate flags sticking out his truck. Oh, God. I said we'd go slash the tires. I'm with you. You come over right now. We'll do it. All right. We'll do Podcast it is over. We're well, going to no, do some no, vandalism. I'll keep, I'll keep going. We'll pause it a little, and then we'll go slice the <laughs> tires on, on – I don't know how we're going to get the mic down there, but we'll do it. All right. <laughs> That'd be an awesome thing. Again, Darren, yes. It, it's awful. Um, the next letter email is from Stan. Stan like the man. Stan the man. He says, love the podcast. Thanks for putting some DC news back on. I can't stand geek news, and I skip it anyway. Oh, poor Dan. <laughs> uh, Dan, he doesn't get much love, does he? No. He, he has not sent me the news yet still. I, I have not. Wait, wait. I'm checking. Uh-oh. I don't think we're going to get news this week, Eric. <laughs> well, he's done. I just looked. Uh, all I got was a message. That he goes, I hate to say it, week, week, week for news. A week, week for news, he says. <sighs> I guarantee this news that we just put, he would not talk about. No. It's a week, week for Apple news, possibly, but nobody uh, gives a shit. His Apple Watch is still there, and nothing has happened in the emoji uh, front. So I don't know. I think that's just his uh, excuse for not sending news. So later on when I say, well, take it away, Dan, he might not be taking it away, Eric. He might not be taking it away. Uh, The next one is a mail sent by our man Ben. 
All right, and this ben. was a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I wanted to put it because Ben used to work with us, and he's listening to the podcast. We didn't know he was or was not. Uh, this is a two-parter, though. The first one he sent us, there's new rules for the podcast. Uh, number one, don't ever mention Alan Iverson on the podcast. That's basically the rule. We're never uh, allowed to mention Alan Iverson. He's I'm a big, okay with that. He's a big AI fan, and I think I badmouthed him because he didn't go to the um, – the Comic-Con that you went to. Wizard World, yeah. Wizard World, okay. The next one is a little personal. I'm guessing that was Royer that told you the story of the ballless guy. Yes, you, sir. You was. are correct, Ben. You are correct. And the third part, I absolutely love Eric's dance he does with his karaoke set. That's a See? gig. That's a gig, Ben. It's brilliant. Not a set, a gig. And then he sent me today, hey, when is Eric's next big performance and how much is the admission to get in? <laughs> That I is am, never retired. and zero. Oh, I'm sorry. I quit drinking, so I retired. Uh, that's uh, So you have to drink to be able to do your stupid dance. Well, they're usually at bars, so I hate going to bars and not drinking. I did that on fr- uh, Thursday for my buddy's birthday, and I, you you know, I had four drink. root beers. Oh, four root beers, huh? Ooh, and geez. my girlfriend drank, though, and my bill was $45 for four huh, root beers. That's crazy. Your yeah. Girl- girlfriend drank a lot, I guess. Apparently, and she was driving. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Oh, my yeah. goodness gracious. Did you put a Confederate flag anywhere near? <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I heard that TV Land, I think it was TV Land, dropped the Dukes of Hazard from yes, there they did. because of the Confederate flag. Yeah, the General Lee. That's ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. I like the Dukes of Hazard. God damn it. Even Coy and Vance or whatever. I was going to say, did you like it in the last yeah, season with yeah. the Cousins? Uh, that actually, I don't think that was the last season. I think it was the couple before because they held out, then they came back. <laughs> they, they won out their, their holdout. All right, the next email is from Reggie. Eric, Reggie. Reggie came through. We didn't have a lot of emails. Reggie came through, though, and he starts with me. But first, I'm going to take a drink. Reggie the Reckless. That is Reggie the Reckless. Reggie says, Dear Jim, how dare you malign the special effects of the movie Total Recall? Not the remake that I didn't see, but the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, yes. Quato is the best use of the baby stinky doll, which used to be for sale in the back of the Fangoria magazine that the world has ever known. Oh, but you've got nothing to say about the stripper with three breasts or an incredible eye-popping puppets used to simulate Quaid, Cohagen, and Molina asphyxiating of the airless surface of Mars. No, you want to go straight for Quato. I'd like to see your... I'd like to see your psychic conjoined twin. I wonder how handsome he is. I thought that uh, was of me. course, I, I, it might be. I, I just the reason I brought up Quato is because of that goddamn Agent One and that turban. I know there's a Quato under there. I know. I know there is. I think it's painfully clear to podcast listeners that the reason you're so put off by characters in ancillary, ancillary bat books not acknowledging the death of Bruce Wayne is because your father, because you're a father. Bruce is a paternal influence to his cadre of costume supporters, the Bat family, as it's known. And as a dad, yourself, you'd like to think that people will be sad for longer than two months when you expire, likely, to, likely sometime before the year is out. I'm sure there will be a dip in productivity at the cardboard box factory, and some of your friends' and family's tear ducts may moisten. But if everyone is able to carry on quickly after you cease to exist, then you have done your job as a father. A good dad equips his children and the people with whom he surrounds himself with the resilience and fortitude to withstand tragedies and soldier on. By a good dad, I mean not an emotionally needy sad sack who, upon dying, would prefer the world's <laughs> extinction, extinction rather than its prospering. Let's face it, you're no Bruce Wayne. Heck, you're not even Bruce Valanche. <laughs> Did you finally look up who no. Bruce Valanche was? You didn't? Oh, no. you got to look it up. Who is he? He's, he's a big fat so. <laughs> <laughs> is he, I'm, I'm guessing he's an actor? Yeah. 
Okay, what movies was he in? Uh, he's more. I don't. He's not really a movie he's a actor. Character actor is then. What, what? What do you mean? He's not. A, what is he in TV? Yeah. Bruce Valanche. I guess I'm. Is, was he Uncle Phil? No, <laughs> he was not the voice of Shredder. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Phil. Uh, just with that, I know what what Reggie's saying, but I still call bullcrap. The freaking Bat Family just doesn't even. It doesn't even seem like they're uh, quote unquote batting an eye, Eric. The best at, part is, at you know Batman what? Dying. At, I I can actually picture Bruce Valanche in my head, but I cannot think of anything he's been in. I I forgot all about looking him up. I'll have to look up Bruce Valanche later. Oh yeah, you're gonna get angry. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Just speaking of that, if if he thinks I'm a big fat so Eric, because of what we we uh, inadvertently joined a podcast weight loss contest. <laughs> Uh, I, was I don't on, know what this we shit is. I don't I didn't know. Agree well, to anything. It's our podcast, so you're in. It has to be the podcast. And I was just talking. I saw, I was looking at some other tweets from people, and I saw somebody in a, on a podcast. They're like, hey, we're starting a podcast weight loss. And I wrote like a, just a quip, like, hey, what do you win besides uh, better health and self respect? Because I want a trophy. And then next thing I know, we were in. We were getting private messages from the people about uh, when it's going to start, which is August 10th. And I think that me and you should go on a program where we gain about 50 pounds and then we'll win this freaking pod- podcast weight loss thing. I still think we can win easily. These people seem very lazy. They were talking about how the, the one guy's Have like, you oh. met me? No, I know. But that, these guys are like, the last time I tried to lose weight, I gained 20 pounds. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, that's a win for us, Eric. And you know I don't go into things like the, these to lose. Yeah, but so, you're also a liar. In which... I will also – no, no. I, I actually thought of the ways I can cheat, and they have it set up. What you have to do is you take a picture, I believe maybe with a newspaper, okay. so you get the date, and then you have to take the, a picture in the same clothing. You have to wear some sort of clothing. I don't understand it, but then you stand on the scale, and the day that you're supposed to do the weigh-in – it, they'll announce a word, and you have to have a card with the word next to the scale where you can see the card and the uh, weight. This sounds awful. I know. I, I actually was thinking of all the ways I can cheat. There's plenty of them, Eric. Jesus I, I think we can win this uh, without cheating. I know we can. We're gonna so, I just lost 20 pounds on the last mm, four months. You know, your ass found it. Woo-wee! You know I don't have an ass, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. Where, where am I? Uh, and that's... Uh, but, 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 but he goes on, I think the best thing to do at this point, since I'm sure you ate a fried pork rinds burrito with extra butter today for lunch, just cherish and love your family so they will honor you when you depart this mortal coil. Otherwise, your only lasting legacy will be this podcast, and it essentially makes you look like an asshole. Great podcast. Love, Reggie the Reckless. He always, he always, <laughs> uh, he, he always gets me down at the end with that. Really? No. And it's I like- didn't have a... Fried pork rind burrito sounds intriguing to me. Um, Not the butter, though. No. With a shit ton of barbecue sauce, maybe. maybe. Uh, Today I had uh, corn on the cob and a hamburger. That's all I had. And I actually wasn't going to eat the corn on the cob. It was more of a test because I bought a bunch of corn on the cob. And we're going to have it tomorrow, but I wanted to see how it tasted, and it was awful. It was not good. I had some microwave Tyson chicken strips. Oh, that sounds lovely. lovely. It was lovely. All right. Well, Reggie goes on uh, with his email to you. Dear Eric, America's sweetheart. That's right. Jim's trying to mediate this intra-podcast feud, but there's no denying the facts. Last week, after calling you out for reviewing horror comics, not just the usual DC fare on his previous installment of The Other Side, Ryan Bryce, Brightest Daycare Clark went on 
and reviewed Scott Snyder and Jock's Comic Witches. Not only that, but he mentioned how much you would enjoy it. A direct slap in the face. Did he think you wouldn't get around to it? Did Ryan think you didn't have the intellectual capacity to grasp a deep and meaningful work like Witches? He might as well be taunting you at the playground. I would I actually would never have gotten around to reviewing witches because it's just not in the stuff I would want to do at this point. He wants to scrap badly, Reggie says, and I, for one, think you could take him. Just make sure you don't take too many hits to the face. You need that if you're going to take over Nick Lachey and those Twix ads there. Yeah, it's my moneymaker, baby. You hear a lot of people talk about Lean On Me and Stand and Deliver as the pillars of whatever film genre constitutes an earnest teacher or principal turning around a wayward classroom or school. And if you ever mention Dangerous Minds, I'll strangle you with your headband. Never but, watched it. No, I didn't either. But few people, but I did love Lean On Me. Uh, oh, few yeah. people mentioned, uh, they used to call me, <laughs> they used to call me Crazy Joe, now they call me call Batman. Batman. Oh, right. <laughs> See, it's a Batman. But few people mentioned the principal favorably, and I think that's wrong. It's definitely the worst of the three movies, but as the one not based on a true story, it is the most fanciful and weird. This is weird. This is like a big uh, PR move for Jim Belushi's movie. Yeah, seriously. Let's never mind the fact that Lou Gossett Jr. is made to play a supporting role to Jim Belushi. I'm more interested in the last scene where Belushi and the main bad drug dealer, who, if I'm not mistaken, is the same lead character from Brother from Another Planet, <laughs> I hated that movie. Have that protracted fight in the in the school's shower room. See, I always think of him as Miles Dyson from uh, Terminator Two. Oh, really? It's funny because I think in that scene, if I remember, I haven't seen that big a fight in a school shower room since uh, Jerry Sandusky. Ooh. Ooh, now that's some humor. Eric. What <laughs> institutional shower room in the country looks like that? Penn State's. With each Ooh. shower segmented on a cubby that seems accessible only by other cubbies. It's something you're more the likely to see damn in a shower video you've game. Ever seen. <laughs> and let's not pretend that a principal with a custom-painted helmet that reads El Principal isn't badass. Though, come to think of it, my high school principal had an eight-ball jacket and a Motorola beeper, and we all thought he was a tool. Jim can probably <laughs> tell you uh, all about eight-ball jackets. Can you, Jim? No. <laughs> when he said that, I thought it was a patch. The best part is... I don't even know how we got on this lean on me and principal talk. Did we talk about this last episode? I don't know. I like it. Uh, my buddy Herb loved the principal with Jim saying, Belushi. I've watched the principal. I cannot like think about any of the scenes specifically because every time I do, I think of the substitute, which I love. Yeah, you love the substitute. Do you think is that your favorite principal movie? Oh, absolutely. No, lean on me is. Uh, mine is probably Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Eric. Is it when he watched a lot of child porn and got arrested? That is the. I didn't say he was my favorite principal. I said that was my favorite principal movie because I think that could be constituted as a principal movie. Breakfast Club? Yeah, that too. I don't like that either. I hate that. Me and Reggie were talking uh, on Twitter about Breakfast Club. I do not like it. I'll tell you that. I do not like you. I don't like you, so it's mutual. I got to hand it to you. You're three for three in picking horror comics that don't have terrible art. This week's Leatherface versus Jason didn't seem great. But the art was solid. Well, he put that. I'm reading exactly what he said. As I I say, I will always read exactly what they say. But the art was solid, and that's a big plus for me. Did you ever read those black and white comics from the 80s that purported to have origin stories for well-known bands like the Sex Pistols and Kiss? Have you, Eric? No, I have not. Well, I used to see them at uh, like the comic book shop, though, and I just I, I don't care about freaking uh, Sex Pistols or Kiss, so I never got them. Did they have one for Air Supply, possibly? Cause, man, I don't that, recall that Air Supply. Hey, you would have liked one by, if it had sticks. If there's robots involved, yeah. I'm sure there would have been. Those things look like they were being drawn while falling down the stairs. Or by Wendy Peeney. 
You don't even know, man. You need to read ElfQuest. Get off your goddamn high horse. Defeat Ryan, brightest daycare clerk. There can only be one. Love Reggie the Reckless. And now we finish with a little mail to brightest daycare clerk himself, Ryan Clark. Dear Ryan, brightest daycare clerk, I like witches a lot. I I like witches. I like the tin man. (laughs) But I think it suffers from the same thing that a lot of Snyder's writing does, a big info dump in the last issue that renders much of the previous issues pointless. You know, he doesn't like us, Eric. Scott Snyder does not like us. Luckily, John, and this this isn't going to help, is it? Thanks a lot, Reggie. Luckily, (laughs) Jock's art helped to set a mood throughout, so at least they were being creeped out even if the action wasn't entirely relevant. You're a much better horror comics reviewer than Eric Shea. Son of a bitch. And I personally, I think he's a jerk for trying to horn in on your turf. They've got all those DC books to review, and he wants to putz around with yours too. Bullshit. This means war. Love, Reggie the Reckless. Now, Wait I till Ryan you and me start our horror podcast mm, together. Yeah, Blow no his one. goddamn mind. Mm-hmm. I think Reggie would be involved in that too. He's three of you. Just go and do your goddamn <laughs> podcast. Leave me alone. Then I can get some sleep on a Saturday night. Uh, you know, now we're still well, doing this one. Are we? Yeah. I don't even know if we're recording now. Well, that's fucked up. I, I'm sure people would be better off if we weren't. Goodness gracious. At least we got through this segment because, man, I'm sick of doing it. We did it like eight times tonight already. It keeps getting more and more. That's you it. say it. I know. I can't believe we did that 17 times. <laughs> Uh, one thing I want to point out to Reggie does not send any mail to Dan anymore. <laughs> no. He's given up on Dan. I think a lot of people have. I think Dan's given up on us, Eric. Cause I'm I think I've given up on him. He's still, uh, I'm going to write him a note right now on air. On air, I'm going to write, does that mean no news? <laughs> and we will find out the answer. And maybe we'll get an on-air firing as well, Eric. <laughs> and I'm actually talking about you. Well, fair enough, man. Maybe I'll get some fucking shit done on Saturday night. Yeah, really. Like some more playing with your goddamn Imaginex, and you and Ryan can talk all your freaking horror comics. Speaking of horror comics, though. You sound jealous. I read The Puppet Master. I read Puppet Master number four this week. I actually read it before you, and you know what? I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I don't know what was going on half the time. The only thing I know about Puppet Master is what you told me, and I liked it. Uh, It was mature, some good art. There's some guy plowing a guy's wife. He gets his lyrics just like they always do, don't they? They always get theirs. Spoilers. They always get theirs in the end. All right. Uh, That's it for that. Got a message back from Dan. Oh, did we? What did he say? Message says, I'm recording now. You'll see what I mean in a few. Thanks, Dan. So, right. uh, so everybody who's been waiting with bated breath for Dan's <laughs> Geek News, you will get your Dan's Geek News. He's, he's recording it now. Um, thank God. Did you listen, listen to uh, Ryan's Other Side segment yet? No, I did not. He sent it no? early, too. He was going away for the weekend. for You were talking shit about me. Huh. That's your deal i i at least listen to it when the podcast happens and uh you know a little behind the curtain i'll be editing this goddamn podcast for about seven hours tomorrow so i'll certainly Excellent. hear ryan's thing and you never will. i was just curious if he did a jason what, what are you gonna, what are you gonna be what are you gonna be doing he is he told me he's he's putting that in i think awesome. that's what he said um i told him i actually said to him man the puppet master came out and i really liked and he was pissed that he didn't get the one up you. He actually said that if he could have gotten a hold of it, he probably would have done that to one up you and, and beat you to the punch. But yeah, I don't know what it's tomorrow's Sunday, right? What are you gonna be doing around ten to about three? 
Am I even going to be up at 10? I don't know because I will. I'll be editing this freaking cesspool. Wow. <sighs> All right. We're going to have to take a break because, boy, I have to pee. Fair enough. All right. And then we're going to be back with the books. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I know what to do when I'm about to poo. I go to the potty, pull my underwear down, and then I sit and wait, sit and wait, sit and wait, until the poop plops down. Then I wipe and wipe, till brown leaves town. I put it in the potty and flush it down. And we're back, Eric. Boy, yes, we are. We are back from our pee break. I want pee pee in the potty for the Lord. Ah, uh, yes. You know, most most podcasts would probably not mention that. You know, we could edit that out, but who cares, Eric? We are going loosey goosey tonight. Uh, you know what I learned on tonight. my <laughs> my way down? Yeah, really. My way down and then back up. Um, my wife is watching a Lifetime movie. Um, that is about a cheerleader that hurts her knee and gets addicted to painkillers. <laughs> I said, really? That sounds terrible. Oh, my goodness. They, I guess they have done the wife-getting-beat-up movie too many times. Now they're going on to cheerleaders who are addicted to painkillers. I like to think that they couldn't get the rights to the Nancy Kerrigan story and just turn it into a cheerleader. I think, I think that's what it kind of was. A rival teenager came and hired someone to hit her in the knee? And I don't Why think, me? And Why I, me? I hope that a mother of the cheerleader might be played by Meredith Bernie Baxter. Baxter Bernie or whatever her name is. Is it Meredith Baxter that Bernie? Is. That is the mother from Family Ties. She was in all those. That was a joke on, I think it was Family Ties. Or Family Ties on uh, Family Guy at one point. Oh, really? She, yeah, she was in a lot of those things. Uh, guess what else I learned on the way? Back up here to Studio B of Weird Science Studios. Does that mean I have Studio A? Yes. Excellent. Um, what was that, baby boy? I learned who the Arkham Knight was. I avoided spoilers. I went mouth. by and my son yelled it to me and then showed me and now I know who it is. Well, you shut and your goddamn mouth because I don't know. We, hey, we spoil no. things on here. Look at you, Mr. Spoiler. What did you say? I just said spoiler. So okay, in, then in, I'm I'm taking I'm I'm ending the call now. We're nope, done. <laughs> nope, I know who it. You're never gonna play it. I don't think you ever will play that game. Ever? Well, you might ten years from now. Uh, two years. Retro tops. game night. Yeah, he he really I was playing Left for Dead last night. I I um was watching him play a little the other day, and again um I know Jody and I even said it. I said it in a comment. He had reviewed the. A game on the site and i said i hope it's not more of the same and how he said it it was the combat that really got me because it was more and he says it's kind of the same so i I'm, like the combat i'm bored of it any other game though i'm telling you, you this is button mash no this is the fourth game and any game that's four series it's like um assassin's creed people start complaining if you don't change it up it doesn't matter to me even there are ways to improve it and they haven't done it, I guess. I don't know. I haven't played the game, so I, I can't really. So you're talking about your ass. I am, as always. But I probably will never play it. I'm telling you that right now. But you know what time? This is not time to talk video games. This when is, is the time to talk video games? Never. We're not a oh. video game 
freaking podcast. We're a comic books podcast, Eric, and this next section is the meat and cheese of the podcast. That the is comic books. That is the comic books. And if you want to see our full reviews of these comic books where we talk nonsense and reference movies and That's what we do here. make each other laugh and make we do here. stupid headlines, then go to our website, which is weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. Or dot in if you are Stephen Copper, who now on his YouTube channel, Eric, is doing his own reviews. He's not stealing <laughs> other people's reviews. He's Finally. doing his own reviews. And to watch them, I think you have to have $50 American. Actually, they're free, Eric. It's YouTube. Um, YouTubes. He is doing his reviews on there. He is a internet star and master of the YouTubes. And I'm telling you, he did the last injustice horrible. Awful review, Eric. Awful. And this is coming from a, a moron. I am not a. Uh, I'm not one of those writer guys. I think I said in one of my reviews this week, I'm no wordsmith. <laughs> that made me laugh. Uh, but yes, let's stop talking about Stephen Copper and get on with the books. And you know what? For one time, and probably the whole time we have done this podcast, I get the first book. I have not had the big book of the week. And I, do you think this was the big book of the week? Yes. This was a down week. Telling you, I, I don't know. Uh, personally, you were jealous of my week. You thought that I had the good week. Uh, you said it. Uh, you sent me a message one day that man, you got the good books, and I, I disagree. Uh, and there's fireworks going off in the background. Uh, it's, that will ring in Independence Day, and also Action Comics number forty-two, written by Greg Pak, art by Aaron Cooter, Tamel Moray. Do you go with that, sure. Tamu? No, don't say that. Tamiu Mori, Hi-Fi and Blonde. I can never get that name right. We butcher names constantly. I apologize, Eric, but I'm going to start with this one. And Greg Pack continues the true story. But all I learned this week was that Met- Metropolis Police Department are awful people. While Clark punches the crap out of the shadow monster from last issue, the police march into Kentville with bad intentions. New Superman hero Lee Lambert stages a sit-down protest that is ruined by the police and Dante, a crazy guy with a bat and a real spiffy outfit. Before things get too out of hand, Clark shows up in chains and things get out of hand. The police go to town on Clark until he can't takes no more. And he, <laughs> and he does what they, uh, what everybody wanted. They, he punched that dickhead sergeant right in the face. Unfortunately, that's what the sergeant wanted as well. I think things are going to get a lot worse for Clark before they get better. Not to mention Kentville. Yeah, Kentville. That really bothered me. Did, Did you, it really? Yeah, I don't know. It just seems so off, especially when they mentioned last issue that not everybody in the neighborhood is a supporter. That no, I think it's, that it's not like that though. It's Kentsville because um, now the area is quarantined because that's where he lived. Yeah, yeah, uh, and but it, it, it reflects Hooverville back in the depression. How yeah. everybody blamed Hoover for depression, so they made that shanty town in Central Park. The weird thing is, though, I don't really think that this. It, they never say that this is quarantined. They never. I even look back at the last issue. There's never a mention of the virus. There's never a mention of quarantine. They're just having a party. Yeah, and they are just there to kill them. I'm telling you, they don't mention the virus. I'm they just saying that. That's say why this Kentsville, though. I know, but it's terrible. It's stupid. I thought I actually didn't mind it. No, I thought it was stupid, especially. I thought for it was a throwaway was. line last last month, but this one, I actually, I dug it. Yeah, I did not, and I didn't really dig this issue at all. I I didn't like it uh, much at all. The the main thing is that um, 
the police department. They just seem really, really off. I don't know. They mention their motivation, the, well, the sergeant does. But in general, it doesn't even seem like the whole police department are, are together on this whole thing. There's some that seem like they're against it, uh, that what they're doing to Superman in this area. Some are all for it. Some are gung-ho. Um, I don't – what did you think of that? I, I like this book. I hate it. <laughs> I, I hate it. And again, I, I'll – this whole thing, I'm just asking in general, what do you Shit's, think of this police department? I'll say the shit's going bad. Some people – it's like the Nazi regime to a degree. They know they're doing bad shit. People are against it, but they're just following orders. Yeah, but some – it's it's weird though. Do you think that in the end they're going to show that they're mind control? No. So they're just doing it. Now, um, you in general, they don't like Superman, right? Right. Why are they going to kill these people? Uh, they're getting orders on high. I don't yeah, know who's behind almost, this whole thing. Well, the sergeant, the sergeant seems to be giving all the orders right yeah. now. Um, I don't do know you, who he's working for. Do you think any of these people would follow orders like this, just police officers, that they would actually – they're going to kill kids. Do you find that odd at all? I, I can't say that they're going to kill the kids. Uh, the guy I know they, says, they tell them to disperse. No, and they the don't guy disperse. says to Superman, we're going to get rid of you, and then we're going to roll over all these morons. <laughs> it's a quote right from the book from the guy. They okay, are going to roll over. And I don't know that means then kill. they have riot gear, not against Superman, against a bunch of people in the neighborhood. They know hey. Superman left. They are shooting tear gas in. That happens. I've been in a riot like that but before. But that's not a riot. They're sitting no, there. They're we, not doing anything. Right either. But these people are sitting down. They guy. don't care. They are going to what he says, roll over them. It, it just, I think it's, it's ridiculous. And again, he tells Superman, then Superman shows back up, and he tells Superman what his issue is. And basically, he's, I'm sick of hearing this stuff. I, you know, I'm sick of you getting credit for things while we're the ones putting our life on the line. Uh, that you like that, right? I did. That's fine. Why are they? Why are they going to? But why are they going to kill innocent people? I have no idea. We haven't and revealed that mystery yet. When you were a firefighter, did yes. you get a little bit of a, a leniency from the police? Yes. Yes. Why are they attacking a, a firefighter who is known firefighter has told them that she's a firefighter and they recognize her as a firefighter? I don't know the whole story from no, what we're presented what here right I now. I think that it's bullcrap. I really, I don't like one. I like the part with Clark. I, I like love him the fighting the Shadow That was Monster, amazing. Except oh, no, no. The, I'm talking about the end. Oh, no. That. I like the part where he is fighting the Shadow Monster. And though when he decides to go to town on the Shadow Monster, he again comes off like a psychopath and yeah. says that he's enjoying <laughs> he's fun. hurting people. And I'm like, here we go again. Oh, God. But then he gets in chains. He shows up at this Kentville. And I did like it. I like the fact. But again, then all of a sudden they bring out the, the freaking riot police to the extreme. That's not even the. I don't even know what I don't what even that know what they like are. The shock troopers. Let's call them the shock troopers. The shock Storm troopers. troopers. And in my review, I mentioned that uh, I wanted Paulie to come out from the alley and say, like, somebody yell, man, he's getting killed. He ain't getting killed. He's getting mad. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all that's it reminded Mickey. me of. No, no. That was actually Paulie. Not, the, not with your yeah. uh, like, uh, well, in, uh, here we go. impression. Hey, he ain't getting angry. <laughs> now I messed up the <laughs> Hey there, Apollo. He ain't getting killed. He getting mad. How's that? Is that a good policy? <laughs> it was better than the first one. Did he you ain't, watch it? He did ain't you watch getting the angry. For Creed yet? <laughs> What's that? They just dropped the trailer for Creed, I think, today or yesterday. Oh, really? Did you watch it yet? No, I haven't. I'll it looks that. good. How about if it was Mickey, it would be like this. He ain't getting killed. He's getting mad. <laughs> 
That's a pretty good Mickey. That's what the original impression <laughs> sound know, like. Yeah. That's, that's just how I Okay. Hey, he ain't getting angry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God, I hated this issue. <laughs> <laughs> I really I enjoyed it. I like it. Uh, I like the art. Uh, the only issue I had where there were three um, colorists. There were okay, three I had no idea. It was uh, Maury, Hi-Fi, and Blonde. And I definitely can tell the difference. Uh, at the end, it got a little odd out of yeah. nowhere that led to a uh, a pretty crazy transition. But uh, I went with it. I, I always like Aaron Cooter's art. Um, I'm looking at the thing. I just – I really just don't know why they would destroy a whole neighborhood. Be, uh, I'm saying, though, wait, man. I You'll know, find but out. But again, that's – the problem is, though – I shouldn't have to wait like that. I should know something where I say, okay, uh, I'll go with that. We get nothing of the sort except that this is the biggest dickhead sergeant who ever lived. His plan was to get Superman to punch him. Yeah. Of course, there's a guy taking a photograph right then, and that's what the headline. Uh, Superman attacks police. Yeah. You get all that. But again, you don't have to shoot um, tear gas into a crowd of innocent people to get that. Hey, it's it happened just, to me. Yeah, well. I think what there you were pepper pellets, actually. yeah, and I think where you were going on wasn't just people sitting down in their neighborhood where they live. These people live there. They are no, two we were feet trying to from stop their a cop from strangling. Yeah, exactly. Well, you were you just were breaking up there. What were you doing? Hello. I said we're trying to stop a cop from strangling a girl. Okay. Well, see that you were still doing something you weren't sitting outside on the stoop of your house having a picnic which is basically they're only having a party they they are getting targeted because they like superman and again you're it's probably going to show that they are doing this just to draw superman out and make him be a dick but still you're putting people at harm i don't like it i really don't um i gave this a six out of ten and whatever you say you're wrong you are wrong an eight yeah okay uh, it's weird. I'm looking. I am not the lowest review. Uh, well, comic resources is tied with me, but they go from a, from tens to uh, sixes, and I'm down with the six. The actual average is an eight one on comic roundup. So you're right in line with the average. But yeah, I did not like it. Well, right now, what's your your favorite books? Are what Superman and uh, Super, uh, Superman Wonder Woman for the uh, true storyline? Uh, the truth, though, the problem was is my favorite was the first issue of Action Comics. That's when he yeah, was. Yeah, I know, in but like Alaska. if you had to go with stuff right now. Um, if I actually had to go with stuff, I'd probably yeah, like, say. Yeah, like four issues. Um, I'd probably say. Titles, I mean. I'm trying to think. It might still be Action Comics because I've not been very big on this story. Um, I'd have to look. I liked what was. I'm trying to think of what I thought of last week's or the last Superman. You did Superman. And I did I don't, not care yeah, for Yeah, I, I don't think I care for that either. I would say that my favorite uh, books in this are probably this one and uh, Superman Wonder Woman. But uh, in general... Okay, uh, mine are this one and Batman Superman. Yeah, if, if I would have to say right now, like as we're going, say this is halftime of the story, I don't even know. Uh, I think the story's going to go on for a while. Um, I would probably give the story as a whole maybe a six, five, seven, something like that. I'm not very impressed with it. It's tough I can to see that. well, it's tough to rate anyway because of how they're doing it, where each uh, issue is kind of uh, its own little entity. So to no, a- it's not a- because it fucking said see Superman number forty two. It does. In this it issue. says that, but that makes it even worse because the, it's all over the place. This whole event, I don't know. I was thinking of this the other day when they 
try to bundle this up. They're going to bundle it. They're going to put it out trade. It's not going to be combined. It's going to be Action Comics Volume 8, yeah. The Truth, and they're just going to have that, and it's going to even be worse then. If they had like a um, a hardback, like the whole story, I'd like to see how they would pick and choose where the stories go. I guess after Superman definitely goes first. Yeah, well, I'm saying they and that story may jump ahead at some point. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. Uh, I'd like to see after this whole thing is done, somebody will probably. Well, I know somebody will have this reading order, and maybe reading it in an order that makes sense would be better. But yeah, this action comics, it's the, all of the the whole thing that I just don't like about it is this police force. It just it is so forced and over the top that I just. It seems laughable, and that's the only reason why I think that Greg Pak has a different thing in mind that he's, you know, he's trying to give a little uh, a switcheroo or, or right. tricky because it is so forced. It, it's over the top to the extreme, but it, I'm reviewing individual issues. I'm not reviewing this saying, hey, maybe later on it's going to get better. I, I didn't like this issue. So <laughs> there. There. Fine. Yeah. What's I next? did. What's next? Next, we have Green Lantern number 42, written by Robert Venditti, with art by Billy Tan, Mark Irwin, Scott Hanna, and Tony Avina. After Hal Jordan discovers that the Green Lantern Corps is gone, he decides to take the kidnapped royalty Virgo back to his home planet, only discover that Ketlath Prime has been completely turned to stone. Before there's time to think, our hero goes up against Virgo's kidnapper's crew and loses his cool a bit, and the crew die, only not from Hal. Their ships were touched by a small space pebble that turned them and their ships to stone. And now Hal, with his new, new partners, decide to search out what's causing this, you know, Medusa effect. Yes. Did you, and you read this, right? Yes. Yes. What the, there was nothing going on in this issue. Um. And to a degree there is. I'm saying, when you read this book, you better remember going in what happened in Greenland number 39. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, was... There was a call out too, isn't that pebble thing? Somebody said on the site it was something from the uh, source wall. Yeah, no, I said back. that. Okay, that's what it was. See again, no, I possibly I'm yeah. saying at the end of Godhead we had like the big cliffhanger ending to Godhead was this gigantic monster hand ripping out of the source wall. Yeah, and then a little bit later we had an opening to a Green Lantern 39 where you saw a pebble hit a planet and everybody turned to stone. You, you're okay. supposed to jump to conclusions that's the source wall. But they don't tell you here. But again, this is... And a... you better remember how, like, six months ago when it happened. Yeah. Um, like you said, not a lot happens in this. Things happen, but the the overall story with how... Uh, what I did like, uh, you got the full-out idea that how is going to go look for the uh, Green Lantern Corps. That or, the, like, the what's causing this problem? Well, that kind of... I think that, that this problem kind of then jumps in. But he does say he's going to go find the core. He's going to do whatever. So eventually, I think he'll get to that. Right now, again, you would think that this problem is going to lead to that anyway. Something's happened, yeah. and maybe that's what has caused all the issues. But, yeah, I actually like that one panel that you're talking about with the little pebble. It made me laugh. Yeah. When there's that little pebble. And I, I didn't even at first, because it seems so out of place in a Green Lantern book, where they had that like magnifying of right. the pebble. I didn't know what I'm telling you. It took me a second because it just that is like a, a a very jokey type of thing. 
And well, even before that, we just had Hal throwing like construct meteorites at these ships, and yeah, then you yeah. have this little tiny meteorite there. You have no idea what's going on yeah. unless you remember this goddamn story from it, like six months ago. It made me laugh though. It was almost like they fought all this thing, and then here's this little pebble, and it boom, and it hits, and yeah. Um, I did like the uh, the continuation of the uh, Darlene and Hal relationship. I thought I that didn't was really care for it. Here, Actually, though. I liked it because they had a line that you use pretty much very similar to the line you use at work all the time when people ask you to do something personally. She, she basically told him, let's keep it professional. <laughs> at one point, it made me laugh. Uh, he was like, oh, come on. I didn't on. know where you're going with that personally. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah, no. And people ask Eric at work, like, hey, I'm having a picnic. You want to come? Hey, let's keep, hey, it, pro- hey, let's hey. keep it professional. <laughs> she she kind of says that. She's like, I prefer our relationship to be built on honesty. But again, I think all she's saying is like, let's keep it professional. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I like the issue. I didn't. I, it didn't do much. It, not a lot happened. Or I don't know. It's one of those where it's all set up, so things Agreed. do happen. But now we've had two issues of setup for this I goddamn, know. you know, renegade Hal Jordan Actually, bit. I think the first issue, uh, if you agree with me, that was more of just the setup to show how. That, I know hey, that was that was the how, setup for how, but this, this is, is the big, setup for the this story. This is the setup for the story. Um, yeah, I would think that you'd want a little more. I um, did. What do you think of uh, Trapper? Uh, becoming the uh, what's the the monarch? What's the prince's name? Virgo. Uh, okay, Virgo. What do you think of him possibly becoming his uh, like slave or manservant? You think I that's going to work out? Well, that's the thing. I don't even really know these characters, so I, I can't know. even. I, it's just that one guy kidnapped the other, and they're angry about it. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, it's, I don't it, have it any seemed, story here to really work with. It seemed at the one point that he's like basically, I don't want him to die. So in my my culture, oh, then yeah. it allows you're going to have to be. He's going to slice his throat the first chance he can get. This trapper is going to kill him because <laughs> I I don't think they're going to stay with him. I think they're going to. Do you think they're going to drop him off, or do you think those two no, are going to be his crew? It's all going to be crew now. Yeah, I, I I didn't I didn't think that they would, but now that I'm thinking of it, I guess maybe they will. It's just he's his, so, he's his indentured manservant. Yeah, now. Uh, he's going to slice his throat at some point. Oh, um, totally. But, yeah, uh, you get a little of the gauntlet's power, and you get a exactly. little more of uh, Hal not being able to control it, which is That's the best cool. part of this book, in my opinion, is that while he's going after this, like, trapper's crew, he loses his cool yeah. and almost kills them because yeah. the gauntlet starts affecting the way he does things. It's not the other way around like you have with a ring where his mind affects the ring. The gauntlet is affecting Hal, and he actually has to calm down and realize, holy shit, yeah. what am I doing? And that is the most interesting part of the story. What what was going on at, uh, earlier in the in the issue? He's talking, and then his eyes start glowing green, and it seemed that just seemed weird to me. No, that's when you know shit's getting well, real. Well, I just it seemed odd, and I thought maybe I that it. was another thing that it was like, man, this gauntlet is is pretty badass. <laughs> it's it's hurting him, and eventually he's gonna he better control it soon because man. He goes off the handle and, and shit gets real. And it's going to continue, and I think that's the best part of the story going forward unless we find out what's going on with the source wall shit in this book. Well, again, and then the issue ends. You didn't even mention the, the big uh, cliffhanger. Yeah, I was going to let that be until we yeah. got to the next issue, like next month. Well, it ends with Black Hand, and he he seems very pissed. See, I'm a bit confused, though, because he's on a planet that is already turned to stone, and it yeah, looks yeah, like. Yeah. And at the end of Godhead, he had both his hands turned to stone because he went and touched the source wall like yeah, a big-ass yeah, dummy. Yeah. I don't know if he can't raise people from the dead anymore because, because of the, his hands? St- because of the hand, or if it's already because of the like, source wall stone, which yeah. he already did before when he like unleashed the source wall on the 
the new gods before, yeah. which was badass. Because he definitely still has those. His hands are definitely affected. And but I just, do look forward to it. He's I'm crying, sorry. Eric. He's upset. And he's crying. <laughs> he has the fears. He's got the fears real bad. And it's weird <laughs> that, he, yeah, like you said, either he's upset because of the hands or he's upset that every time he goes to these planets affected by the source wall pebbles, uh, he can't get them to rise. I don't like know. Like I'm saying, I would say the hand thing, but I don't know because we're not giving enough story here. Well, but it's, it's another setup for this thing that's what happened like so many months ago. It's kind of like a police force that's over. Shut uh, your goddamn mouth. Kicking ass, but boy, I was supposed to wait and see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. The, the way it ends, you would think that he would know the hand bit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's like, everywhere I go, why? Why can't I make them rise? And it's like, are you that dumb? If it was the hands, he'd, he'd have an idea. So I don't well, think... Well, even that, he knows he can't use his power. It's kind of depressing. Maybe maybe it's that he thinks because his hands are like that, these are the, the things he should be able to rise. I don't know. Maybe. So that's, a good, that's a good theory right there. Maybe I never that's, thought of that. Maybe that's, that's, that's why good. he's going to all these planets because he but we don't even because know that. of that. No, but you know. Just like the police force. But besides for that, I'm saying those were the main points of the story that I thought were, like, were interesting or could have been worked on. Yeah. The art in this book, somehow, I love this creative team. I don't know if I expect too much of them. I didn't like the story, and I also did not like the art. Uh, somehow, the art took a drastic turn from last issue in my mind. Uh, I put my notes. I didn't like the artist that much. And again, I am a big fan as well. Uh, the thing about the art, to me, it was a, it was a bit confusing. Yeah. And it just wasn't that great. Last issue was so good. And uh, art-wise, I, I yeah, love I this you. story as well. But, yeah, yeah. This, this one seemed a little rushed. I don't now, know. It's, it's funny to me, though, because I gave this a 6.8 out of 10. Yeah. And I don't know if I was just too hasty, but I don't think I should have given it that. The only really? thing that would do it is that I'm still interested in the story. Like, they've given me enough to make me want to continue the, the adventure. Yeah. And that's why, possibly, but 6.8 out of 10 is a little high. Really? I, I probably should have dropped it down to a 5.8 or a 6. Yeah, I, I probably would have given it a 6.5. I, I right. still like it. I still like parts. I like, like I said, I like the whole thing with Darlene and how I right. like seeing the gauntlet. I like that. And it, again, it's a setup issue, but it intrigues me a bit to see what's going on. I want to yeah. see what's going on, though uh, I'm confused. Again, I'm not. I have not been reading a lot of the the Green Lantern before we did the podcast. I right. you do the Green Lantern book, and so a lot of the stuff that would have been like Godhead and all that is is beyond me. I only know from listening to you yap about it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that pebble. I just took it as eh, there's a pebble that made me laugh. But yeah, <laughs> and and I saw your comment, so I'm like, okay, source wall. I'm in. I'll go with that. But yeah, like I said, I would have given it a six five. All right. Uh, my next book, though, is probably – I actually fought with myself to put this possibly as the first book, but it was Detective Comics number 42, written by Brian Bucciolato and Francis Manipal. Eric, God rest his soul. He's not dead. Oh. Art by Fernando Blanco and Brian Bucciolato. Now, the, the issue is um, I said to you before, before I even get on with it, I said to you, oh, man, I got Detective Comics. I have just started reviewing Detective Comics. Uh, since the Last June, time. since the DCYOU, uh, when me and you switched up books. You had been de doing Detective Comics since the site started, and uh, we switched a bunch of things, and I got it. And I was excited because I hadn't had a Brian Bucciolato and Francis Manipal book since Flash, which right. was one of my favorite runs. And when I got it, all of a sudden, Fernando Blanco was on it. And I don't <laughs> mind Fernando Blanco, but uh, quite frankly, he's not Francis Manipal. And I joked to you and said, hey – 
I bet you now that I'm on the book that freaking Francis <laughs> Manipal has ditched it. He's gone. And in fact, yesterday or the day before, he announced he is off the book, Eric. So I was he right. He saw your review, realized Jim was on this book. Fuck him. Yeah, I'm out. like, screw that guy. That guy's an ass. Actually, in a personal deal, every time I would do Flash or even when you do Detective Comics, and I'm telling you, the Flash, I think it was Flash 23, right. the first comic I ever gave a 10. I loved it. It was uh, the reverse Flash story when they were doing the Flash thing. Yeah. And I tweeted it out. Now, this is early in our careers, Eric, our illustrious careers. <laughs> um, and Brian Bucciolato retweeted, thanked me. Francis Manipal, I don't think, has ever retweeted us. And yeah, I, don't think I so send him. I love the guy. I think he's great, but maybe that's his policy never to retweet dickheads, Eric. Hey, it's a good it's policy. A lot of guys. Goodbye. There's a lot of guys who do that. Um, and a, another side story Adam Beecham. He is the writer of the recent run on Sensation Comics, which I got back to reviewing. And I really liked the story. I threw out the reviews for issue 40 and 41, and he retweeted us. And then, right after that, retweeted and favorited our podcast and then wrote some sort of comment like, hey, you got to check out these guys. And I was all excited. Oh, this is great. You were yeah. actually at your party at that point. So okay. I couldn't even tell you. And I'm like, oh, man. So then my, my wife goes, hey, what's going on? Oh, you got to see this. And uh, it was gone. <laughs> to retweet the favorite and the comment. He, he deleted them. I said, I think he started. Give listening. me a timeline. I think he, like how I'm, fast? I'm, at least five five minutes top. All right. So he got five minutes in and realized, oh, <laughs> shit, what did That's I do? What I was saying. And I was thinking, what could we have possibly said in five minutes? Hip shakers oh, and love makers. I'm out. Yeah, really? He's like, hip. It's <laughs> like anybody who starts with hip shakers and love makers. Whew, I don't want to be a part of them. I, I actually uh, just blame your voice. He heard oh, it makes that sense voice. He's like, oh, my goodness. I, I do not want to be associated with these guys. But it seems like since the, the podcast started, not that the podcast itself has done it, but we've gotten a lot of people against us uh, creator-wise. And it's not the podcast. I think now that we talk about the books, too, I, I don't know. In general, do you think that you're being a little more critical of the books themselves or are you just same as always? I think it's same as always. I, I think I might be a little more critical uh, because I, I don't know. I, I think more about it. I don't want to seem like a fanboy, Eric. So I, I I'm saying like that. I that lower the green, scores on that, purpose. That's Green Lantern, though. Like fucking, I don't think I should have given a six point eight. Yeah. Robert Van Ditty would be very upset with you, Eric. He's and he's all, a friend of the site. He's a friend of our site, and uh, yeah, we don't want to ruin that. But <laughs> back to this book, which Brian Bucciolato was a friend of our site. Yes. And Detective Comics number forty-two. Again, I'll say it. Written by Brian Bucciolato. Francis Manipal is on plot. It says Brian Bucciolato on script. So that's when you know somebody's ditching it. Art by Fernando Blanco and Brian Bucciolato. All right. The issue starts with Jim Gordon once again telling us he shouldn't have taken this Batman gig. And after seeing what happens in this issue, I might agree with him. It's obvious that the villains in Gotham know exactly how to deal with Bat Chappie. Almost like they have someone on the inside, Eric. While the rest of the GCPD think Batman is a joke, Bullock is there for his friend. He's the star of this book, and the best parts are his interactions with Renee Montoya and Jim Gordon. While not much happens in this issue, you get one step closer to the explosive events of the sneak peek, and the issue ends with Jim Gordon looking badass and in some serious trouble. You, you weren't kidding when you said not a lot goes on in this book. No, man. no. There this is, is a fast-ass read. I, I, I like it, but plot-wise, nothing happens. The only thing you get is... You realize that this gang, uh, La Morte, La Morte, they, <laughs> they know everything about this Batsuit, and they yeah. shouldn't. And, in fact, they have tech 
that disables the suit. Now, what I do like about this issue, I'm going to convince you of why this was a good issue, Eric. Um, number one, it feels like Gotham Central to me. It's like a new version of Gotham Central. You get yeah. Since they took over this book, there it's been really heavy yeah. on the, Go- and, like the Gotham PD, and they're taking it to the streets, Eric. They are taking, Doobie Brother style, taking it to the streets, taking it, yes. taking it to the streets. <laughs> uh, and the thing I really, really like the other books, you're kind of getting uh, Gordon jumping in that old bat suit and going to town. This yeah. one, you're seeing a learning curve. You're seeing that he really doesn't. And I know, don't like you it. You don't like it. I do <laughs> because a guy who's just jumping in the suit. It's obvious the way it has happened that they have rushed this program. They have, and it, it seems like they have all along it has. It just yeah. happened so quick. This no, book I actually agree. shows I just don't it. like seeing it. Oh, man, he gets his knees shot out. Hoo-wee. But, yeah, I like that. And you know what I really like? And I, I'm going to tell you this, and you might not even have even – it might not have crossed your mind. I love after the fight when uh, they, they're cleaning up and you see the bat chappy getting picked up by the blimp and taken away – I thought that was awesome. I like to see this aftermath that it's not just there's robot Batman. He comes in, boom, 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 and off he goes. No, there, it, it seemed real to me. And they're even talking about it. I, I think Bullock even says, like, this is ridiculous, right? And Renee Montoya's like, oh, yeah. And on the side, you get uh, Gordon in his cool bat suit. He's just sitting there because, man, he got the crap kicked out of him. Again, He in this book, he has not been very good. Uh, but then that leads to... Uh, Bullock and Renee Montoya discussing things, and again, you're getting this whole thing of uh, dirty cops and all this stuff. And again, Bullock has always been like this gray area guy, but he one thing he is in Eric, it's a snitch, right? Hell no, hell no. I thought I I thought I lost you. Um, though Renee Montoya is definitely there to. A yeah, Renee Montoya is there to uh, weed out the bad guys, right? She's going to find the crooked cops. And there's plenty of them. Yeah, she's all AI. She is. She's she's going to do that. But uh, I, I no, I I hey, hey yeah, artificial, I say, no, what? artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. I actually thought you were going against Ben's thing and and mentioning Allen Iverson. What is she, Allen Iverson? Jesus <laughs> Christ! Hey, we got rules here, Jim. But she is eternal rules. affairs, it seems, and that leads to Bullock giving a little note to her because he sees. Now again, I'm going to say yip. That's how it's I'm going to say yip as well. Uh, but I've heard other podcasts say ye. And I'm sure that when we say yip, we're being very insensitive. Um, so I'm going to say ye. You say yip. We'll go with it. You say yip. I say ye. Okay. You say potato. I say. Um, he wakes up at the one point because Jim gives him a call. And Jim, again, the guy is so. He needs everybody to convince him to get in this goddamn bat suit. <laughs> it just continues and goes on and on. But I really like that part. But before that, he sees her phone and sees a number that's called like 11 times. And he's he either thinks that she's fucking around on him or 17. she's up to no good. Is it? Yeah. And um, so she, he gives the number to Montoya. And that's definitely a huge step towards that crazy uh, sneak peek, which I still don't think is what we thought we saw. But that'll be for another day Eric. Uh, but yeah he talks to Gordon I just I'm telling you this whole book is a bullock book like you said Bucciolato yeah, like and Manipal were, were kind of going towards that anyway uh, probably because they knew what was coming down the line so they did that I really like it I think Bullock is awesome I, I really and him and Montoya I think are great together I think their interactions are great um, but at the end the book ends I was a bit, I was a bit confused though hold on when all right, so when they go back to Bullet's apartment, yipping him, 
And he says, give me a minute, and then slams the door in their face before they go and make sweet, sweet, passionate love. Yeah, I, I actually giggled a little bit here. It's weird because I don't know if he was tidying up or he wanted to make <laughs> sure all the cats you know, like were put in the bathroom or whatever because I grew up in a household full of cats and you could never have the door just open because the cats would run the fuck out. Yeah, it's weird that she doesn't come in though. I know, and, and he, he well, goes, she's, give me a she's minute, She's about honey. to, and then slams the door yeah. in her face. But at that point, it's when he's talking about Montoya possibly being internal affairs, and he said, I don't know, you know, what does she want to do with you? And he's like, I don't know, and then she says, maybe she's not interested in you at all, and he's like, ah, oh, maybe not. And it's just, it was a weird deal, I but it also... I think a crazy cat lady who's kind of ashamed of all his cats. That's you think that he's getting, but yeah, the, the dialogue is to make it so that Yip is, uh, you know gets a little nervous and, and jerky. Um, do you think that this ba- this gang is being told about Batman? Oh, do definitely. Think, uh, do you, who do you think it is? Uh, right now, we're led to believe it's yet. Yeah. You know who I think it is? Oh. Daryl. Daryl. Son of a bitch, Daryl, Eric. You know who Daryl is? The guy working with, with, uh, with Julia Perry? Oh, yeah. That's who I think it is. Um, yeah, only, you know, that actually, that's pretty good. Well, because there's tech in there. They went out of their way to mention that tech guy in the book. And yes, they kept saying, and they even say it in this issue. They said it last issue, but this issue, like, yeah. hey, there's that tech guy, and I really think it's him. Yeah. And then they're going to get rid of him and bring in Luke Fox. That's who great. I want as the tech guy. But, yeah, uh, just where there was tech involved. But they even say, um, even they tried, or maybe it's both of them. Maybe. Maybe they're both, because it's weird. At the one point where they're about to go get to Batman. They're about to go to get to Jim Gordon. There, there is backup. And they're talking. They're just sitting there. And then right before they roll out, Yip walks away and, and makes a call. Yeah, exactly. Almost like, you know, hey, this is where he is. We're going to do that. We're gonna... But again, it makes it so obvious. But we've already seen that she's uh, up to no good with that circus coming to town. And again, <laughs> this whole circus coming to town bit is like the slowest moving story I've ever seen. <laughs> the stupid circus. And it's now they mention like it again this issue. Oh, it might be because, man, in, that, uh, in Nightwing, that Haley Circus thing seemed like the last 15 issues. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, at the end, Batman's fighting this gang again, who, uh, like, are the, the Day of the Dead meets uh, freaking the Juggalos. Freaking annoy me. But, yeah, they, they know exactly what to do. They And, and it's weird, too, because... Daryl's the one doing like the voiceover, like, oh, the, it's airtight, but they might be up to something else. And I'm telling you, it seemed like he's already told them what to do. Like, he's the one telling it because he knows. And, and again, the, Bullock and Montoya and Yip are on their way for backup. And Gordon's like, hey, I got to get out of here. No, don't do it. And <laughs> he does it. He gets out. But man, I'm telling you. That undersuit, the Under Armour suit, whatever right. you would call it, is so badass looking. I love I that. I love it. Uh, but yeah, now Gordon... I was really pissed off though because we had the whole beginning part where Batman was immobilized when they shot out his knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know how they knew that that would actually to, like immobilize him, but yeah, it yeah. did. And I couldn't help but think this entire issue that I'm re- like reading a RoboCop book. Yeah. It yeah, really seemed that, but it does. I was waiting for him the entire time they shot out his knees for him to get out of the suit. Yeah. And then we finally, uh, when they he goes back and fights him again, he finally does, and yeah. that's the goddamn cliffhanger. I was yeah. so angry. I was just waiting for him to get out of the suit and kick some ass, and it never happened until the end. But again, that that's what this. It seems that this this gang is up to. They know they have to. Yeah, get they want to get him out. Suit, yeah, and then they're gonna do whatever. They're gonna you know 
beat the crap out of them. They want to expose who it is. Who who knows? But yeah, I uh, I liked the issue enough. I gave it an eight out of ten. Um, again, it is all set up, but I really I really like Bullock in this. I really like Gordon in this. I like to see the bat suit. I like the uh, I like seeing the learning curve involved. Like I said earlier, I like right. that this is more of a realistic take on this. Now it's not all not not everything's going great. Nothing's going good. It seems everything. No, not at all. It's a shitstorm going on. Uh, but I like that. I like that you see the police department think he's a joke. They all that. I I really like it. I gave it an eight out of ten. I just wish there would have been more with Batman involved, actually, you know, doing things besides for getting his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I was just waiting for something to happen this entire issue, and it never did until the fucking cliffhanger, which we don't get to see what happens after that until next month. Yeah, I think I would have given this a six point five out of ten. It's funny, uh, the cliffhanger too. Uh, I get the idea that he's going to get ready to fight, and then Bullock and Montoya are going to show up, and this gang's going to leave. <laughs> They're not even going to fight then. Uh, yes. But you know what? We're at our first big break of the podcast, and that is Ryan Clark's other side segment, Brightest Daycare, Ryan Clark. And he is doing the Spire number one, Eric. The Spire number one. That is a boom comic. It's written right. by Simon Spurrier, art by Jeff Stokely. I had seen this as number one. when it'd be During the week, I always try to guess. That's my little game with myself. I try to guess what book Ryan is going to do. And I, he, he usually goes with the number one. And I saw this and I thought, oh, that looks kind of cool. It looked like a, a all-ages type thing with this crazy cover. I didn't look real into it. And when I talked to him on Twitter, I even asked him, hey, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm doing the Spire number one. It was not my pick. I forget what I thought he was going to do. Uh, but this wasn't it. But I did see it. And I'm like, oh, how is it? And this is what he wrote me. I wrote it down from his Twitter. I thought it would be more kid-friendly being from Boom and having a fun, cutesy, pastel-colored cover, which is exactly what I saw. Then he wrote, but there is lesbian mutant sex, period, (laughs) and then all in capitals, and murder. (laughs) It made me laugh. Like, the lesbian mutant sex is, is okay, and murder, you saw. He's like, I Holy concur. Crap. It is okay. Yes, yes. And murder, Eric. So I'm looking forward to hear what this, this book is about because I'm telling you, it it's very um, kid-friendly art. And, boy, if there's lesbian mutant sex and murder, it's not very kid-friendly. But we're going to hear all about it. And Ryan. I'm looking forward to hear what he thinks. You're I'm looking forward to hearing what he hear thinks it. about Jason versus Leatherface. Well, yeah, he, I hear that he might be including a little review of the Jason versus Leatherface, or as Reggie called From it, Leatherface versus Jason. Reggie's I don't know, though. Again, uh, what you're talking about is on Mondays, if, every, if anybody listening doesn't know, we on the site, we like to review uh, whatever we want. We call it Just the Hell of It Mondays. It keeps things fresh for us. And again, it is a contest between me and you uh, to see who gets the most views for the crazy comics we pick. And Indiana Jones won last week. I did Indiana Jones, and I believe it was Indiana Jones and the... It's not the Temple of the Gods. Temple Some, of the Gods? I don't think it was Temple, though. I, I forget what it was. I don't even remember, but I won, Eric. That's all don't that matters. Know. It's all that matters. We'll call it Temple of the Gods. I think it's something else, though. It's and something I think of you the Gods. Those numbers. I did not rig any numbers. I don't know why all of a sudden it got a big push. But uh, let's hear what Ryan has to say about the Spire number one. You rigged those numbers? I didn't. 
Hello and welcome to another weekly edition of The Other Side, your first place for non-DC Comics reviews on the used-to-be all-DC Comics Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am, for now, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, and definitely not Eric Shea. And this week I bring you The Spire, number one, from Boom Comics, written by Simon Spurrier, with art by Jeff Stokely, Andre May, and Steve Wands. Are you interested in a weird, dystopian future story with mutant cops and a society that seems like it was created on a foundation of too much Downton Abbey and Game of Thrones? If so, then The Spire is just right for you. Uh, it follows a badass lady cop named Commander Shah. I'm assuming there's some weird punctuation symbol above that. It looked like an umlaut, kind of, so it could be any different kind of Shay thing, who has these strange spindly spider legs out of, that come out of her back that she can control at will as a, as a genetic mutation. Also, she's into ladies, and we see it in this comic, so don't let this fun-looking book fool you. It's definitely not for kids. The story follows the coronation of a new baroness, uh, otherwise known as the leader of the spire, where the book gets its name, which is this crazy hive city whole um, infrastructure kind of place that really reminds me a lot of the um, human-populated worlds from Warhammer 40k that I read a lot about when I was younger, um, and a murder that occurs within the Spire for this story as well. Uh, the person who's murdered is someone who was close to the Baroness, and, and um, so we have to deal with the new, newly crowned Baroness, uh, the people from outside the Spire who want to cause uh, discord and upheaval and um, negative things to happen within the Spire, uh, kind of like when they get to murdering people that are close to the, the Baroness and that, and the people inside the Spire who seem to look down on people like Shay, even though she's the tough, tough-as-nails lady cop who's the main person responsible for keeping them safe. Uh, the art of this book is fantastic. It has a really light feeling to it overall, which is what I got from the cover, so not really knowing too much about it, I thought it would be an all-ages book, uh, but it also has a very dark and oppressive feeling uh, when it needs to be conveyed in the story, like when people are being killed. Uh, Simon Spurrier has really built up this lavish world that we've only really begun to play in, so there's really a whole lot of space for this story to get into before we even think about running out of room. Uh, I really like the work that Spurrier, Stokely, May, and Wands do together, and I think that this book, if it continues to be as, as of high a quality as it is, will be a very, very popular title. I suggest you go check it out. It's a book that's tailor-made for anyone who loves sci-fi, murder mysteries, and fun and unique original works and comics. But again, bear in mind, it is not for kids. Uh, I also wanted to talk about uh, a little something else that had been going on with Weird Science lately and get into reviewing a little of Jason vs. Leatherface number one, because I personally am getting a little fed up with these guys stepping on my toes here. I, I read this book, 
And even though I wasn't turned away from seeing The Curse of Michael Myers because I wasn't old enough to see it in theaters, I did, however, wait until the following Halloween night to ask my grandmother to rent it for me so that I could watch it alone, in the dark, and I was 11. So I do have a true love-terror relationship with all of the horror from this area in the 90s, and this book really stokes the fire of nostalgia for me in all of the stuff that I was seeing then and probably shouldn't have seen until like six months ago. So it was a really, really interesting thing to see. Um, I do agree with Eric that the continuity for Jason was thrown completely out the window, not even remotely considered in this book. Um, but I do like the way he was changed to kind of become a bit more likable and conflicted. He wasn't just a mindless, murdery headlopper. He actually seemed to be somewhat developing a conscience, which was unique. Um, and I loved the artwork. The grisly and gory murders from Jason and Leatherface were exactly what I expected from 100% of this book, and, and you get it, and that's that's what you come for. You're not here for, you know, soliloquies or, or you know, award-winning performances in monologues. You're here to watch somebody be split in half down the middle and some sort of, you know, biology class diagram-looking murder scene. Um, I don't really know, um, you know, what anybody would be expecting with this. It's, you know, not a book that's going to be on anybody's top ten comic books of all time. Uh, so I don't really know um, where Eric was, was coming from, not really having a lot more positive things to say about it. Uh, but then again, this is a guy who probably still thinks Kane Hodder should have won an Oscar by now, so his opinion is a little all over the place. Overall, I thought this was a fun throwback story to a time before all the horror movies in theaters were nothing but sequels, reboots, and copycat stories that have all already been told a thousand times over. Uh, I don't think that Eric's 6.5 rating was really quite on the nose. It was close, but for me, I probably would have given it a 7.5 or an 8. I took the book with a grain of salt and came in for a book from 1995 that was released on Baseball Card Company Tops comic imprint, which, let me tell you, that's a big deal if you don't know. They're, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. cards and horror comic books go hand in hand, you guys. I, apparently that's a thing that happened. Um, plus, this is a book that I should be reviewing anyway. So I can't let Eric ever have the last word. I, I can't do it. Uh, next time this guy tries to have another Just for the Hell of It Monday and starts encroaching on my territory, everybody out there in the Weird Science listener dumb, repeat after me and say these three words over and over again. Shay, no way. Shay, no way. Just keep up with that and we will have a great time. Um, if there's any books that you want for me to review after this that Eric isn't already also reviewing, so I have to do those too, um, you can let the guys know and they will pass that on to me. As they've said many times before, they will literally read any emails that are sent to them. You can check out the rest of my written reviews on brightestdaycare.tumblr.com. You can reach out to me on Twitter at BDC Comics, and I have Facebook and Google Plus pages as well. And until next time, I will see you 
on the other side. Some people say that the whole thing's true. Other people say if you believe it, you're a fool. And Friday's the best day of the week, but not when it's Friday the 13th. Some people say that the whole thing's true. Other people say if you believe it, you're a fool. And Friday's the best day of the week, but not when it's Friday. And we're back, Eric. Whew. Shots fired by Ryan there. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> he is enticing you into a brawl. Reggie, the brawl is on. Uh, I'd like to call it. Maybe it's on not you, the, big tits. It's not the rumble in the jungle. It's the, um, I don't know, the flog in the blog, we'll call it. How about that? I'm not calling it that. Uh, by the way, I also went and looked. It was uh, Indiana Jones and the Tomb of the Gods. That's why uh, I knew it wasn't the Temple of the Gods. That would be too much like the Temple of Doom. So they changed it to the Tomb of the Gods. And yes, it in, indeed, it is in the lead, Eric. In uh, the lead, and I did not do the that. The skill in the numbers. I don't know. Somebody out there, a bunch of pack of like 12 people all of a sudden wanted to know about Indiana you know, Jones like 12 and the kids, Tomb of the Gods. I think I have 17 kids by now. I think I had three more this weekend. Uh, right. But we're going to get on with the books, Eric, and we're going to go. Uh, next book is one of yours, a uh, book that we were both. Uh, were you looking forward to this when the uh, DCU started? Because I was. Uh, I was iffy because of the ending of Future's End. No, that's the problem. That's what we'll talk about is I was looking forward to it uh, probably in namesake, but not how they were going to do it. And that continues yeah. this week. And you go on. In name only. In name only. You tell us what we're talking about. Batman Beyond Number 2, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Bernard Chang and Marcelo Mialo. Tim Drake, Barbara Gordon, and Max Gibson run around in circles in this issue as they try and keep Tim out of processing, which apparently turns you into a smiling, brother-eye-loving idiot, as we see when Max Gibson gets captured and Tim and Barbara just keep running. <laughs> Eventually, the warden of this prison, called The Lodge, Comes a call and we find out that the Batman Beyond villain, Inc., has allied herself with Brother Ryan. And after a brief fight with the transforming terror, we find out that Terry McGinnis was a way better Batman Beyond because Tim seriously gets his ass kicked here. And that's about it because not a lot goes on in this issue. <laughs> yeah, uh, this, this was an odd issue for me. Um, I wanted to like it. I liked yeah, the I art. I like it too. I liked the art. So, um, uh, there's a couple of those. I really, I, I'll say it every time. Uh, Bernard Chang and uh, Marcel Maiolo love those panels where they go to red and blacks. It, it always throws me off. I don't know why. Uh, this one, they, well, this one they make. No, I always said that it, I never, I didn't like it. I told you before. That's what it always it throws me out of the thing. It, it, this this issue, they even throw in a purple and yellow one. Not purple and yellow. Easter Pur- colors? Purple and that. yellow. Uh, but no, in general, this is one of those issues that, like you said, not much happens. Uh, I'm telling you, when I, in my little synopsis there, when I say that these characters run around in circles, that is the majority of the story because I need this time to, to have conversation between each other to catch anybody up who just didn't happen to read Future's End. Yeah, and uh, we, we've talked about this uh, amongst ourselves, and I think that this is one of those best of no worlds because you get people that hear Batman Beyond. If they haven't uh, read Futures, and I, I think you disagree with me, I think they'd be totally lost. Um, they come in, and there you go. There's Tim Drake first off, and you're like, what the heck happened? And they kind of explain that well enough. But this whole uh, Brother Eye and Futures End, I think, is uh, a bunch of nonsense. And I wish that when they made the DCU, I know that Futures End really seemed to be a setup for this book. Yeah. So when this DCU came and they announced this Batman Beyond, uh, they weren't going to change things. I kind of wish that Future's End never happened, which you might have said that about, what, 
how many issues were there? Forty two or so? Yeah, forty eight, something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. You probably said that about that many times. But no, if no, Future's no, there was a couple good issues. I know, but if Future's End didn't happen, I think we would have got a um gotten a, a Batman Beyond that everybody would have been in on. This one is gonna take a little bit. Uh I'm gonna give it's it gonna that take a lot of bit. Well, I'm gonna give it that four issue. Yeah, usually that's what a lot of people say. Hey, I'll give Three it four issues. issues. Three issues. Well, I give it four because usually in my mind uh, that first arc tends to be about four to six, uh, but by the time four comes to me, uh, you know what's going on. And uh, so far, I'm not really in. I don't. This doesn't really interest me at all. Um, I like Tim Drake enough. He's not even my favorite Robin. So having him as Batman Beyond does not uh, pique my interest. Uh, they get like shaved him. a bit here too. Doesn't have that. Yeah, full yeah well, it, yeah. There, there's like a scruff going on. Like, yeah, he <laughs> shaved and let it go a little. Um, Again, I think that they – and what I'm going to say doesn't make total sense because this issue came out. These issues were done long ago, so this issue would not be a reaction to the first issue. No. It can't be. They have some in the can, as they say. And, but already they're already trying to please everyone with throwing ink in there. You got Barbara Gordon, which we laughed uh, because uh, Tim Drake obviously from Future's End loves the older ladies. And now he's underground with Barbara Gordon, the older Barbara Gordon. I think he's going to try to get busy here. I think he was touched as a child by B. Arthur, and he's had a fetish uh, he for might, he, he does. He, uh, who was it that it was his girlfriend in Future's End? I don't even remember. I, I can't say remember. It was, the, uh, oh, goodness Maggie? gracious. May, I, don't, I don't remember. But remember, she ended up being old, and he was like, yeah, I don't care. Next yeah, yeah, Megan cool. out. She's like 90. Um, but, yeah, basically this issue was just to get uh, Batman captured, Batman Beyond Tim Drake captured by Brother Eye. That's how it ends. And in between, you, like you said, you get Max uh, getting captured. That was the means to an end to get Barbara and Tim. And you get Ink. And there's another, you know, throw up. Yeah, uh, it's fucking bullshit. That second issue in, and they're just trying to well, this is what I'm saying. into getting the book. See, this is what I'm saying, that it's not a reaction from that first issue because um, it, it couldn't be. They already had this. No, but it's already, not about being but a, no, I'm saying already, I think while they were writing it, they read, wrote that first issue already in the second issue. They're like, yeah, we better get some, you know, shout outs to get some other people in. Yeah, it's, it's such a departure from the regular Batman Beyond yeah. title that they would have to throw these things in to get hopefully the That's, old fans in, to get people who read Future Zen in and get them a little bit more excited because they read Future Zen. So obviously they're a bit disappointed. And like I said, I think that it, the only, maybe the people who really like Future Zen will like this. I don't think Batman Beyond, quote unquote, Batman Beyond fans are going to like this. Uh, I was a huge fan of the Batman Beyond 2.0 digital yeah. title that uh, Kyle Higgins wrote, and I thought if that didn't happen and then they made that this book, it would have been great. Uh, have it a little more realistic, not as much of the uh, animated universe but like this, but right. have that story where if you haven't read it, uh, Dick Grayson is actually in charge of Batman Beyond. He's his mentor. It's, it's all a bunch, like it's, it's after... Um, what was it? What was the big uh, Batman Beyond uh, story? Justice Lords? Uh, no, the I'm saying in the animated universe. The uh, what was it? Night of a oh shoot the the Joker story. The Joker's story that was in Return the Return of the Beyond. Joker. Yeah, Return of the Joker. That's where it kind of takes place afterwards. Uh, the Batman Beyond 2.0. Right. And I really like that. But this is just kind of uh, just thrown out there, and I hope it gets better. I hope that it gets to a point where we're like, I don't know. And I don't know, maybe this ending, they have teased that Terry McGinnis will be seen at some point uh, when that's they bullshit. did interviews. Maybe that's what this is leading up to with him getting captured by Brother Eye. Maybe something's going to happen. 
All of a sudden, Terry McGinnis. Well, you said bullshit was Tim Drake getting a, a sent, a time traveling by Brother Eye. So that is they, bullshit. Exactly. So why can't they do more bullshit and because have Terry show the bullshit level to be dropped out of yeah, here. I know. But a lot of this book kind of comes across as that. Um, do you think Max is really uh, taken, or you think that's going to be her pretending? Because uh, no, she's definitely. I wish taken. that. I wish she's that she wasn't. I know. I'm looking at the panel there with her. But uh, after all that's said and done, I actually like Ink in this issue. I thought could have been was, anybody. Yeah, but I, I like it that uh, you got a little um, a callback. But also you had Alfred. He gets in, involved, and that's another thing. In the middle of the issue, uh, Tim uses um, a guy. He gets a um, converted brother eye. Well, I, I don't even know what to call them. What do you call they're, them? They're borged out brother borged eye out monsters. Brother eye monsters. He uses one of those to uh, power up my notes here. Uh, power up his uh, his deal, and it, that just seemed a little odd. But you go yeah, on. It's your book, did. so you tell he me. Created, he created a direct connection. He plugged into his suit and plugged into the back of a fucking Brother Eye monster to power up the Batman Beyond suit. And that is a direct connection to me, which means Brother Eye is now in the suit. Yeah. Maybe he is. Maybe I don't think it's ever going to be anything that. It's just a clever way that Tim thinks is going to power up the suit. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, oh, thanks, Max. No ramifications. No, no. Bullshit. And it would have been okay if they showed, well, he did rip out the eye at one point. And maybe that's just what they're saying. Remember, he rips out the back. And he, rips out, he opens up a freaking portal so yeah, he can pull I'm out a portal. I'm just saying that, plug, maybe, so that maybe that disconnected him is what they would explain. But it didn't come Absolutely off that not. way. But it must have. At the end, even Brother I still talking that he can't. I can't see him. I can't get his AI. And that's impossible. And, but then they have him. They're going to open him up, Eric. Find out all the, the secrets. Important, I'm saying the, the biggest thing to me is at the end, the cliffhanger after uh, Barbara and Tim are taken away. We pan out into the moon that's been converted to the new Brother Eye satellite, and we have this ominous figure that we see standing there that looks to be like Brother Eye 35 years from now has taken on a form, and I want to know who the hell this person is that has taken on the form of Brother Eye. Yeah, I just, it, to me, it looked like a city with, yeah, with a guy inside. You get, you yeah, know, that, somebody looking down on yeah, the Yeah, and then he's like, let's process the Batman. All powerful eyes and I shit. I it's Bruce Wayne. I think that'd be amazing. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. It could be. Uh, this is a lot of setup, Eric. A lot of setup. No, it's not even a lot of setup. It's a lot of ketchup. <laughs> no, it's a lot of ketchup, a lot of mustard, ketchup. some uh, uh, ragu sauce on the side. I don't know. It, it doesn't get me going. Um, obviously, we're going to be reading and reviewing it. If I was not doing that, I don't know that I'd continue. I just said a little bit ago that I give books four issues. I yeah. don't even know. At, at points, you just know it's not for you, and, and right now it's not. But It's still for me. It's just that I think this issue is a bit pointless. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love the art, though. Bernard Chang, Marcelo Maialo. Yeah. I love the team, but I gave this a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm telling you, I would have probably given it uh, like a 3 or a 4. Huh, the last time we talked about it, I yelled at you that it was a 2. Yeah. I think I was more mad at you than the book, Eric. <laughs> but yeah, probably a 3. A 3 is what I'll go with. Um, but the next book we're going to do is one of mine, uh, where we argue about all week. Uh, that's Midnighter number 2, Eric. It's written by Steve Orlando, art by Alec Morgan. Romulo Fajardo Jr. and Alan Pasalacqua. Romulans. Romulans. I don't even know what they are. While some people on this podcast are going to argue that this issue was better than the first, I beg to differ. While last month's premiere issue intrigued me with a mysterious story that I wanted to see unfold, this month gives us a pretty straightforward revenge tale that may have been easier to follow but left me with little to no feeling. While it was cool to see... What is it? Marina. Marina. I don't know why I see this in that... 
When it's cool to see Marina get revenge with the six killing sounds, the highlight of the issue was Midnighter ripping his ears out of his skull. I'll give kudos to Steve Orlando for giving us a story without a fairy tale ending, but if this book is going to devolve into Chase the God Tech of the Month, I'm out. I've seen that type of story so many times before, and in a book where the main character is getting more and more hard to like, I want something more. Anyone on this podcast who says this issue was better than last month's a complete and utter asshole, Eric. Hooey, what do you think of it? As compared, I thought this as way compared. better than last, from last issue. Uh, I don't. Um, I understood what was going on from beginning to yeah, end. Yeah, again, I know that. That is a big thing no, in my life. That's like, that's, Understanding. that's the moron's take. I don't know. I, the take, problem oh. is, yes, I understood it. I didn't really like it. I really didn't. Um, I don't know. I'm really afraid, and this isn't this issue's fault, but I'm really afraid that this book is going to turn into Midnighter chasing down individual tech each issue so next issue we'll get a guy who has uh, a laser eye and then we'll get this guy who has a saw hand and you're just going to keep getting it if we get that for two or three issues i'm okay with that as long as we get to explore the character a little bit more and understand what the god guard i don't uh, what did you learn much about midnight or this This is just the beginning Uh, but i'm saying this is an issue i don't mind what you're saying i know that that's a lot of what happens now lobo was a book that was just like that i don't really like the book but yes each issue he would go after another assassin and you'd learn something about him yeah. I didn't learn much about Midnighter or the God Guard in this, this issue. This was an issue where you got God Tech, which was that uh, six deadly sounds, the six which killing sounds. Which was awesome. Sounds. I really like that. Um, what I learned about Midnighter in this issue was that, yes, I, I did learn that he has kind of a code of, of honor. I yeah. did learn that. That's it. I also learned, though, that um, he likes to talk about the Ap- Apollo to every guy that he meets. <laughs> he's going to try betting down guys, and he's always talking about his ex-boyfriend. And that doesn't work. Um, I also learned that he loves danger, uh, and he likes to go to places that are not accepting of uh, his homosexual tendencies, Eric. Because he goes to Moscow. Throw down. He goes to Moscow, takes this date to Moscow, and probably the worst way. And the guy even and spells it out. And yes, you can say, okay, he's a. adrenaline junkie he's a danger yeah. junkie uh that's fine but again i did he's gonna make people tolerant one fist at a time uh, yeah yeah really that's pretty good that is <laughs> that the uh, byline that's the tagline um i didn't learn anything about the god garden at all um, no not at all and uh, like i said i didn't learn much about him and in fact i'm starting to not like midnighter like i said in my intro i'm starting to not like him only because it just he just comes off as a jerk he is a yeah, jerk. Well, that's I. But I like again, that. It's the same reason I like Constantine. Constantine's like the yeah, biggest asshole there is, and I love but Constantine. That's, I don't know. Somehow Constantine treads that line that he's a lovable jerk. This is he, this Midnighter is not lovable to me. He's not a interesting character to me until he rips his ears out there. I actually saw when I saw that panel. I see it as him punching his ears in. Um, he might. I mean, he's just. Going to town. I guess he is punching them in. It's just disgusting. He could be ripping them off. He's, I'm just saying. I thought it was he definitely has to do some major damage because he can't it's just very, get rid of really, the lobes. It's really funny though because I was reading this issue out loud to my girlfriend, yeah. and when I got to this part, she hated Midnight Raptor. Why the yeah. hell would he do well, that? It's, that's, it's that's, the smart thing to do. He realized agreed. now. Um, the main no, thing, but her whole point is like. He's in an office building. Couldn't he find something to plug yeah, his really. ears up with? Um, I al- oh, he's got a healing factor, baby. Don't worry. The other thing uh, I don't really like, and Midnighter calls her out, but Marina goes into this building, and she just starts going to town. And she is legitimately, looks like she's killing. She's killing to, folks, And yeah. these people are obviously not 
people involved in what she's upset about. They even yell, we only work here. That's fine. You can say, oh, the Nazis were only. But these people look to be security guards. They look to be janitors. Uh, what, what does she have a beef with them? She could go in and incapacitate them. I know angry. she's angry. But again, the, the, it's not thinking that right. kind of is this whole book to me is that you have a bunch of assholes doing things. Now, again, I loved Last Issue. I really yeah. did. And it was because I, it was because I was intrigued of the God Garden. And I was yeah. intrigued to learn more about Midnighter. And again, you don't get that this issue, really. You get Marina. And yes, it, it looks pretty cool. She, she incapacitates uh, Midnighter. And then goes to him. Now, Midnighter has a, um, a healing factor. That's yeah. a hell of a healing factor because he does that to his ears, and then the next day they're fine. So that is. I a, know. I was actually looking at my going, Do we have a time? Yeah, yeah really. It's, it's like the next day, Moscow. The next day, those ears look fine to me. Uh, what doesn't yeah. look fine to me is the art, though. Um, I know you're not a fan of Aiko, who was no, last issue, and I know you said, "Oh, it was confusing or whatever." One thing I really did like of last issue was the character model of um, Midnighter. I really yeah. like that. This this issue, he comes off really odd. I also, I'm looking at it now. It makes me laugh, too. He's in Moscow. And uh-huh. do you remember what shirt he's wearing? He's no. wearing an American flag shirt. In my, so he's like, he is there to cause trouble. And I don't know if he thinks that this guy, the guy who he's with was a guy who I guess supposedly was in that restaurant last issue where it got held up and this guy had a gun to his head. Well, he must really tag this guy as another guy who loves danger because he heads to an obviously awful bar. They're holding hands, you know, they're get a, and he's wearing an American flag T-shirt. He's ready for uh, action, and he does one of my favorite moves of sticking his fingers up the guy's nose when he's, when he's fighting him. But, yeah. Um, like Groot and yeah, shit. Yeah, like I said, I didn't like the art as much. Um, no, I'm saying though no, the art was. I'm saying I liked the art because it was able to tell me a story that I understood. Yeah. But and I, I actually don't mind the way Midnighter looks in costume. But outside, I'm saying unless there was, like there was no dialogue there, I would yeah. have no idea it's uh, Midnighter. Even when they when they switch to uh, months earlier when he's with Apollo, that's another thing they show him and Apollo breaking up. And I loved it. Um, but his character there doesn't even look like him in the rest of the book. It's yeah. and you uh, months earlier I. I don't buy it. It just, I didn't like the art at all. Um, but it did end. I did like the way it ended. I was a little confused to how this happened. But Marina looks to be like a contact of his. Uh, he has said uh, when she was doing all that damage, um, he said, listen, I, and I do like this, that he doesn't go in. It's not like one of those superhero books where, okay, everything's swept under the carpet. We're just going to get on with it. No, she did some bad things. I said it's like, um, it's like Family Guy when he blows up that children's hospital. Peter does. And then at the end, he's like, okay, everything's good. No, it isn't. You killed the hundred people. It's like that where there is consequences. This woman goes to jail. And I liked it, but he has told these people, listen, you're going to go lenient on her. Uh, she's going to be in jail. It appears to be a couple of years. But he <laughs> says to her, I'm going to be there when you get out. And we're, as a peer, I'm going to go pick you up. It's going to be like the Blues Brothers. They're going to be waiting. He's going to come out. They're going to get the band back together, Eric. Uh, and we're, well, I'm telling you, as the story progresses, I think we're going to get even more an army of assholes yeah, to join up. It'd be up. funny. They're all in jail. I yeah. hope he. I hope he stops some of them. But yeah, it's a little. And then Midnighter breaks them yeah, out. I told you, it's a little odd. Yes, them. it's a little odd. Um, the way it's like all of a sudden it happens uh, behind the scenes where she is in contact with with uh, Midnighter and she does talk to him. And I really like that because a book like this needs another voice, and I like it. Definitely. I, now, what what she's going to help him with? I'll never know, Eric. I think because she's in jail, and it's a little cell. I'm looking at it. It's got a <laughs> toilet, a sink, and a door, and a bed. That's it. Yeah, that, that's that's jail, I man. just think that he's going to use her. He's going to call her when he needs to talk. Uh, you know, somebody to, to bend an ear. 
as they you know, say. He's going to talk to her about Apollo. Yeah, probably, I yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I just guy. She's like, listen, the next date you're on, do not mention that. And like, <laughs> okay. And he's like, and then she's like, but you know what? My husband is gone. Or she's, she keeps talking about her husband. That's all they'll do together, talk about exes. Yeah, I, 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 to cry and on. it ends awesome, though. It ends with him in a room with what appears to be a thousand. It's like uh, when Han Solo in the new version goes around and there's a million friggin' stormtroopers. It's a scene you hate. I do uh, hate But that. it's pretty cool. He's like, oh, I know when my birthday is. Uh, which is kind of, <laughs> it's funny in two ways because he doesn't know when his birthday is because his memories are gone. And yes. that he, it's just a joke because the guy just loves to kick ass. I'm just waiting, though, because the guy who stole all the shit from the guy got and also stole the information yeah, about yeah. his life that he desperately wants. So when he finally finds this guy, I just see him, like, after we have this Monster of the Week type story that you hate, mm-hmm. he breaks them all out and has an army of these fucking God Garden tech with him yeah. to take out this guy as he finds out who and he is. And then he's going to yell, what's my name? Chuck. Yeah. Chuck. His uh, name is Chuck. Everybody's name's Chuck, Eric. As it turned out, you went up the stairs with you the went basketball, up the stairs got with teleported the away. Like, what the hell? I went from there? Where's Mr. C? <laughs> Next thing I'm in the Mr. God C. Garden. Mr. C is oh, dead. Where's Mr. C? Where's Mr. C? Probably the second best father after the guy from Teen Wolf. James Hampton? James Hampton. Oh, my goodness, James Hampton. We love you. Uh, he looked dead yes. last time I saw him, too. Yeah, Poor James He's Hampton. still gone, though. I looked. He is not dead. Uh, and speaking of which, we talked earlier. Kid and Play, they, yes. neither of them are dead, Eric. And you know what their last thing together was? House Party No, seven. that awesome uh, Radio Shack Super Bowl commercial where they're like, uh, it's 1985. Oh, yeah. That's the, the last time the 80s called. They want their store back. <laughs> they're in there. And it's funny because Kid has like a, a fake freaking uh, high, high fade. <laughs> I watched that. That was making me laugh. I got to watch that yeah, again. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, freaking uh, your guy, uh, Child's Play. Ripping, Chucky. Chucky ripping up the freaking carpet. Ah, uh, yes. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10, Eric. I was not Excellent. pleased. What, did you, what would you give it? Eight. Eight. An eight. You are Solid eight. I really enjoyed this book. I, it actually got me into the series because I really didn't like Last Issue. You like those solid eights, don't you? Hooey. Uh, solid eight. I don't know. That's, that sounds like me on Tuesday solid nights. Solid eight. I give it a solid 6.5, which is probably average in most countries, Eric. Uh, the next book, though, <laughs> I liked a lot better. It was The Omega Men number two. Hooey, here we go. Written by Tom King, art by Barnaby Behenda and Ram- Barnaby. Romulo Fajardo Jr. That is that. I'm telling you, that is one of the best sounding art teams ever, Aaron. I will repeat you myself. Hey, shut like up. Cortez? I'm getting on with it. I will repeat myself. No matter what any jerk off on this podcast says, The Omega Men number two was the book, best book out this week. Tom King throws us into a lived-in universe headfirst and makes us figure out things as they happen. Customs, religions, and governments feel as if they existed for centuries. And with that comes a story that we're only getting little peeks at. We see the brutality of the Citadel and learn a little more about the Omega Men. Not enough, though. And it leaves me excited for more. While while the Kyle Rayner in this story feels out of continuity with how this story ended, I'm intrigued with what will happen with him. After two issues, this is my favorite new book of the DCU. I know you're not a big fan of this. so uh, And that's why nobody likes you. I don't know. I got a lot of positives from, from my review and liking this book. And by a lot, I mean about two or three. Yes. <laughs> I'm saying on Comic Book Roundup, I'm pretty sure this is the highest ranked book this yeah. week as well. Uh, I'm telling you, you have to go into this book a little different than what you like. What You mentioned Midnighter before. You like things spoon-fed to you and, and handed to you on a plate, Eric. Some... No, I just like to understand what's going on okay. in a book. Let me tell you one thing. Uh, I was thinking about this some more. 
This issue and these first two issues, I'm telling you, remind me so much of what we got from Star Wars up until they're about to leave when they're getting on the Millennium Falcon. Because up until that point, you get so many things that you don't know about. You're thrown on a planet you don't know about. You have an enemy that you have no idea about. You have religion. You have all this. Nothing spelled out. And I know that this is what drives you nuts in this book. Um... I like, this, I like the idea of the Citadel as the big bad. We don't know much about them, but we see, well, we see in this issue that they're pretty hard asses. You get uh, the Viceroy shows yeah, up. Yeah, they're the Empire. Uh, yeah, they're the Empire. The Viceroy shows up, and this guy means business. And I know that we talked. You didn't understand a lot of the, the law that they were saying. And I explained. No, it is through shit at me. Well, me again, like, like I said, they, they do spell years. it out that it's – all this is a reaction. Everything in this issue was a reaction to last issue and the fight with the Omega Men. The Omega Men were there. They found them. Now, I do cry bullshit because the Citadel are after the Omega Men. And just because yeah. these people die, the soldiers of the Citadel die on this Egypto planet, I think it's bullshit that the planet itself has to uh, pay. Be held responsible. Yeah, yeah, but they do. They, and there is a law that if any soldier dies on a planet under this negotiation um a hundred citizens of that planet have to be killed in in you know to what am i saying as as yeah as appeasement like repercussions that's thank you that's what i'm that's what i was getting at and you see that this has happened and in this whole time they're negotiating this thing and i really liked it because again it seemed to me like you have just stumbled in to something that has been going on for hundreds of years. This government has been ruling this planet. They all know these things. They all know this guy. And when this guy shows up, it's like Darth Vader. Actually, to me, it's even it's even more. It's like when uh, in Star Wars when the Emperor shows up in, in Jedi right. to, oh, we're going to get this thing going when they're doing the new Death Star. And it, to me, it's you know shit's going down. When this guy shows up, you know shit's going down. The guy's really nervous, the governor of the planet, and he's really nervous. Well, while you're getting this negotiations, which, like I said, I really like because it seemed real. It seemed like something that would really go on. It wasn't just cut and dry. They were negotiating. While you see that, you see that the Omega Men are implanting something into Kyle's neck, which is disgusting. But they're all there. They're all watching. And then afterwards, they uh, explain it. And you get more Primus in this issue. Now, again, you you can call bullshit on me because a lot of times with these... No, I'm saying I'm just on me. Cry, cry bullshit. No, no, the band Primus? No, no, no. That. I don't like Primus either. But uh, <laughs> you can cry bullshit on me because a lot of times with these books, and not even just on the podcast, but years before, since we've been reviewing, one of my main things... Uh, if I like a book or not, is after a couple issues, ask myself, do I know the members' names of the, the book? Yeah. And I don't. Um, I know Brute I know and Brute Primus. And Primus. And that's, that's it. That's what I know. But again, I think that each issue is going to be one of those where we learn a little more. Now, not that we didn't learn things. I really like the robot. Again, people are going to be like, God damn it, you're an idiot. You're reviewing this book. But uh, I don't. But I really like him. Um, I like all of them. Johnny Five? I, I like all Yeah, Johnny Five. But I like all of them. But in, in fact, this whole issue is basically just set up for them to get their ship back. Um, but what I do like is the... And that is their ship? I thought they just wanted the, the ship that they no, had to they, get off no, the planet. No, they stole. He took the ship. It got taken from them. And he... God, even yeah, get he that. got it's it. Because at the end, they even say, now we got our ship back. And they go and it, yeah, that that's their ship. It's been taken from them somehow. They're without their ship, and they get their ship back. It's all they're doing is to get their ship. And um, what I do like though is this overall 
feeling in this issue is that the Omega Men are involved in something bigger than just one planet. They, the he, Primus. It's so big, it's out of well. Primus. Well, I'm saying Primus even tells Kyle like we're going to save everyone, and Kyle thinks that they mean these people getting rounded up because of what happened and getting executed on this planet. It doesn't. He even explains why that can't be afterwards. But it's more of this. Um, you know, we're going to save everyone, and you when you. Yeah, the good of the many. Well, and the yes, the they're video. they're going to save the universe. Or the one. Now, again, I said in my little blurb, I yeah, I'm a little upset at the continuity issue with Kyle because he's. Fucking I nonsense. guess in this he is back to being a Green Lantern. In this issue, it seemed like even in the solicit for the. The sneak peek. I think they even said, "And the Omega Men kill the White Lantern." And it seems yeah, like they're they've been just throwing that White you know, Lantern around again. Nonstop. Maybe all of a sudden. Well, nope, maybe sorry, it's one of those here. that um, I went to um, Richland Elementary, but I also went to Quakertown High School, so I could still say, "Man, I'm a Richland proud baby." <laughs> he's still he You're was still idiot. at one point a Green Lantern, so maybe he's just yes. he's reverting back. He's mainly a Green Lantern. He kind of just became a White Lantern. That's just kind of what he does on the side. Been a White Lantern for a the long White Lantern's on the side. That's on the Saturdays and Sundays when he needs the money. And it makes even more sense for him to be a White Lantern because of this whole Alpha Omega bit, and he's the guy that wields yeah, the power actually, of Yeah, actually, all that now, after this issue, I think that was just a... I don't think that's involved. I think... I don't know. Uh, we'll see, but the... Um, this Viceroy... We even saw the Viceroy rock the Oh, I know, but I'm telling you, the Viceroy, really, this issue doesn't seem to be that concerned with Kyle. He just wants his... Uh, he wants his pound of flesh, Eric, as they say in the business. They really say that they in the business? They say it in the business. Um, All right, now, do me a favor here. You love this book so much. Lay down the timeline for the me. The timeline? I don't have to. It's okay. DCU. No, no. I'm saying, though, the timeline of the events that we've had in this book. So we had the sneak okay. peek, we had the first yep. issue, and now we have this they issue. They just go right in line. That, yeah. Do they? Because in the first issue, they slice fucking yeah, Power Rangers that's the throat. thing is, in this... I mean, in the sneak yeah, peek. Yeah, in the sneak peek. Um, in the first issue... We have him in a box where apparently he's okay, but here it appears that his throat no, is slit and he's I think dead. That, no, because no, they're, he's not dead. They knocked him out and they're putting the uh, that watch in it. They're putting the bomb they in there. Got yeah, but that's how, where they're putting the bomb. And I get the idea that so the sneak peek comes after the first issue. No, no, I think that the I think he's always had that. I think they shoved them in. Or you know what? You might be right. I think that what the sneak peek might have been between this issue and the last issue. Okay, see, yeah. I have no idea. I, I would think now that I'm thinking, maybe that, that was them getting him. Um, then they announced that he was dead. And again, it looks like a ruse that they were doing that so that people would be thrown off. And now they're putting it in the slice. I don't know. The, where it was sliced already, they're going to put this. And I believe that when they showed him um, getting, quote-unquote, executed, they were just preparing it for this. They were preparing to put this watch. They were going to put this all along, put it in so he can't run. It's basically a Suicide Squad bomb. I'm saying the Omega Men seem to be like uh, on the run because they everybody knows they killed the White yeah, Lantern. I think the Green they were, Lantern in this issue. Yeah, out I of think nowhere. they were already on the run. I think that was already okay. the thing. And again, I think maybe or how about this? Maybe they're going to explain this. Maybe the maybe. Citadel because they said Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner came to this the system uh, willingly. Some yeah. reason he was there. 
He gave them the ring, Later, he handed but... in the ring, and then he got the yeah. this. Now, I Weapons think that that was door. just a thing for the Citadel themselves to capture him. They had other plans. Maybe this guy is a fanboy and just wanted him. They get him, they capture him. The Omega Men go and uh, get him back, and then pretend they killed him so that they don't come looking, and off they go, though. It's funny because they put a bomb in his neck so he can't run. Uh, and then basically tell him, look, it, you're an Omega Man now. And he's like, I'm not an Omega Man. And he's like, yeah, we all are, the, the robot, which I like the dialogue there too. Um, again, I think that this is one of those books that you're going to get just a little bit more of the team each time. And then when it hits, it's going to hit hard, Eric. It's going to hit you hard because uh, I love it. Team. What are you talking you're going to learn more, more of, the, of the guys. Maybe just Primus. No, I'm saying after this issue. I think that you're going to get more and more of the team as you get their – their um their mission and what they they have planned we got this gun happy broad who just likes having her tongue stick yeah, out of her mouth she's pretty no funny idea too. Who that she's is. like an outer space harley quinn har- yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what, what i thought um but again i'd rather have an issue like this when i'm i'm done i start thinking of things and again this is why we like star wars because when we saw it it gave you so much more that you can say oh well this happened and it opens up like we're talking even us talking about kyle rayner i know that you're saying it in a an irritated way but it opens up a discussion of what we think happened and what is in this universe and what it means uh midnighter that we just talked about the issue and i'm done i don't think about it at all this one i actually i got done i read it a bunch of times because i really enjoyed it and it really makes me think and i want to kind of be in this universe it really it's awful it's a dark universe but i really um a, a dark, dark universe? universe i really like i really <laughs> like it because everything seems to have already been going on just like Star Wars, Eric. Just like Star Wars. I I know, but we didn't get little tidbits of Star Wars month after month. I know, but you got, got it all. Story, so I'm saying, down, so basically yeah. I'm telling you, stop reading it now, and I'll tell you when the trade comes out, and I'll tell you if it's worth it. Because that's what, basically, if, if Star Wars were a bunch of issues, yes. and it ended uh, right before they go to the cantina, up until then you'd be so confused, like, who's this old guy, and what's this Jedi? And, oh, you know, ben stuff Kenobi. like that. Yeah, yeah, why is it Ben Kenobi, not Obi-Wan Kenobi? And even the beginning, all of a sudden, you, you're thrown in and the, the oh the princess and you get this and it, it why does Aunt Brew have that terrible yeah, haircut really. and why is Luke such a whiny bitch that's what I thought um okay. though I, again I really liked it it ends another with another quote um it's by William James and actually it's, I was saying oh it's not by the it's Duke not of the Duke of Wellington I was really I was Bullshit. really hoping it would be it's it would say uh I've been humbugged Pub, publish and be damned <laughs> Uh, but Eric, uh, I'm going to disagree with you and give the. I gave this book a 9.3 out of 10. It was my best book of the week. Four. Four. Uh, I'm Four. Done. You are. And I was thinking while you're talking there because at the end, uh, Kyle Rayner's rocking this whole Mega Man like outfit. So he's yeah. got the little symbol where he used to have the old like uh, lantern yep. symbol on his costume. And then he like he takes his bandaging off of his neck yep. and then like grabs some blood and turns it into a yep. Green Lantern. You're, you're symbol winning me top. over still. I'm nine I'm four that, now, Eric. As you were talking though, I was thinking about why he's like the Green Lantern there and shit instead of the White Lantern, which he's been rocking for a long time mm-hmm. now. And Justin Jordan ended it on an awesome note where he created the White Lantern Corps. It was so badass. I want to see You're more gonna of that story. You're going to think that but, that extra ring that's flying around, he's going to get, don't you? No, I do. No, absolutely not. But the whole reason, I was, I was actually, the only thing I was thinking about while you're going on there is that he did the Green Lantern symbol because it'd be way too hard to make into yes, a White Lantern symbol. And with blood. <laughs> exactly but uh, again they find him passed out i don't i don't know uh, what is out. kyle he's an Kyle's he's an, an omega artist, man baby 
he would have been able to do it. He He's a Green Lantern again. And the thing is, too, in this book, yeah. when I think of Kyle Rayner, the overwhelming like factor of his personality is not Catholic in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere, he's rocking a goddamn. Yeah, I'll Crucifix. say that was a little forced. And yeah, I I get it. But um, this whole this whole issue was kind of an issue about prayer, and I went with it, Eric. Nine and you know nine seven now a white lantern nine red. seven. I, I'm telling you, I think I'm onto something. I think in the next three and issues, that... that extra white lantern ring is going to come to him, and boom. Hey, maybe that freaking ring that the Viceroy was rocking was the actual right. ring and not a replica because Kyle had to take I it off. I said that and you called bullshit last week. It is bullshit. Um, no, it isn't. It's a 9-3, not your 4. It's a 4. Oh, goodness gracious. Hey, um, you know what I have for you right now before we get to Dan's Geek News? I, a bunch of no, nonsense? Yeah, well, yeah, because I have some Chuck Norris uh, jokes. <laughs> you said earlier that you Oh, shit, like real? How about this? Chuck Norris doesn't dial the wrong number. You answered the wrong phone, Eric. Yeah, like that one. <laughs> How about when Chuck Norris turned 18, his parents moved out? Oh, Chuck Norris right. can kill two stones with one bird. You like that one? When Chuck Norris <laughs> works, when Chuck Norris works out, he doesn't get stronger than the machine does. As the last one, <laughs> Chuck Norris once kicked a horse in the chin. Its descendants today are known as giraffes, Eric. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, you know what? That's what she said, Eric. Woo-hoo-hoo-wee. What's up? Uh, yes, we're going to get to Dan's Geek News. And earlier, uh, we didn't know if Dan was going to get us some news because he said this was a weak week of news, Eric. You all remember that, that right? And we finally got a hold of him, and it looked like he did send us news. So we're going to get some news, Eric. You have listened to that news, correct? Yes, I have. Is there any DC news involved? Absolutely How not. long is this news segment? Oh, shit. I would say it's about, um, probably six, about minutes. six minutes. So anybody out there who was looking for DC news, you can go six minutes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. We had a news or a listener mail earlier that said they'd just skip it. But, yeah, this is a, a short um, news, and I want to uh, throw a little game out there. Everybody try to listen to the news and, and try to figure out what Eric has edited into that news. That is the game of the night. And you, if you get all of the things that Eric added in, you win a big prize. And that might be Eric's uh, comic that he drew when he was in friggin' sixth grade. No, I wrote it. Was it, it sixth grade? No, I, um, I think this, I, we wrote it throughout middle, I, well, middle school, mm-hmm. came up with the characters, and I think it was uh, freshman year of high school when Jay started. Uh, no? Yeah, his freshman year of high school when he started oh, drawing. Uh, I thought you got Wendy Peeney. Wendy oh, Pini. Again, uh, a couple of those pages are due to Mark and Draco. You had promised him uh, the prize of uh, somebody asking why there's more than five questions in the five questions are interviews, and he did ask, but he never got those pages, Eric. He never got no, he them. Did not. But he never. We never got those five. I know. Questions he never either. did send them. I, I, he still likes us, no though. Prize. He's he's Fuck he's not shit. on the list of people who hate us, but. Uh, I think he kind of likes us. And when, when they announce that he has the Batman and the Outsiders book in, in December, then we'll be on his, his tip again. All right, let's go to Dan's Geek. Just no, but the, the tip. Tip. You having a stroke there, old yes, man? I am. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. This week, there was one major thing that happened in the geek world, and particularly in my world. Uh, That is on June 30th, Apple officially released iOS 8.4, which brought along the arrival of the new streaming service, Apple Music. It also featured a fix for the effective power bug, uh, which I believe I briefly did speak about. 
uh, a couple weeks ago when that was going around making the rounds. Now, as far as Apple Music is going, a lot of you guys are probably asking, Dan, what do you think of it? How is the service? Is it any good? Uh, and I gotta be honest, I do need to use it more uh, before I can form a finalized opinion on it. But my initial uh, reaction is along the lines with everybody else, generally positive. Uh, the software, uh, the service has a lot of great music on it. Uh, I've been using it a lot to listen to stuff that I, I'd forgotten about that I used to listen to when I was younger. That actually made for a very interesting experience for me because I'm going back and I'm actually having this little nostalgia trip because I'm revisiting songs that I haven't listened to since I was in middle school. And it's like, oh my god, wow, nostalgia. I've got something in my front pocket for you. Why don't you reach on in my pocket and see what it is? Then grab onto it, it's just for you. Give it a little squeeze and say, how do you do? Something in my front pocket for you. And it's just there and I can stream it. Um, but the big thing for Apple Music over Spotify, because that was one of the things I was really worried about, uh, the curated playlists are absolutely fantastic that they do on Apple Music. They have editors and there's people from different uh, magazines like Pitchfork and Rolling Stone that actually help curate these playlists. And the playlists that they curate are just fantastic. Uh, the music goes really well together. Uh, I haven't really heard a lot of playlists, but the songs have been totally out of whack. Beats 1 Radio is pretty cool. That runs, you know, pretty well. They have some good shows on there. Although I haven't really had a chance to sit down and listen to a full show on there yet. Uh, there is some music that I want to listen to that's not available on there. For example, Epic Rap Battles of History. Uh, at this point in time, is not available on the service. Although I'm not sure if that's just because of the free trial or if there are not plans to add them until later. Uh, a lot of people are saying that the uh, um, the interface is complicated and difficult to use. I haven't had issues. Uh, I, I don't know how other people have been. I know I personally have had a pretty smooth experience. But I'm going to hold off on finalizing my opinion just yet until I've had a chance to use the service a little more. But right now, uh, things are definitely looking positive. Now, a Reddit user has posted what he claims to be a prototype of the old Sony Nintendo console. Years ago, Sony was working with Nintendo to build a, a system that would use CD-based games, much like the PlayStation wound up using, along with uh, Super Nintendo cartridges. And I believe the Flames also have run in 64 cartridges at one point. Well, somebody claims to have found the prototype. They claim that they found it from their Uncle Olaf. They found it uh, hidden in their attic away. I think this is a hoax. I don't think this is legitimate. I doubt this type of thing would just turn up like this, especially under the circumstances that it was said. Although stranger things have happened, so it is a possibility. I won't rule that out, but I am waiting to see this one reported as a hoax. That being said, I will say whatever this gentleman built or found does look you know, relatively cool considering the time. Of course, that partnership was what eventually led to Nintendo uh, parting ways with Sony, going with Philips... That didn't work out, but we got the PlayStation out of it, which is pretty cool. Images of Bruce Campbell in the upcoming series Ash vs. the Evil Dead have been released, and I've got to say it looks pretty fucking sweet. Ash definitely looks uh, like I would expect Ash to look in his current age. Uh, it was also announced this week that Pokemon Shuffle, which is a free-to-play Nintendo 3DS game, uh, which is a Pokemon puzzle game, for lack of a better description, is going to be coming to iOS and Android devices later this year. Of course, Nintendo has announced that a bunch of their intellectual property will be being released 
uh, in mobile games. We don't know what they're going to be yet. Uh, but this looks like this is the first step towards that. Uh, that could be something good. We will see. I will say that game was definitely built for mobile. And finally, contrary to prior reports, Ava DuVarnay, who directed Salma, will not be directing Black Panther. Uh, she said in a statement, quote, I'm not signing on to direct Black Panther. I think I'll just stay. I think I'll just say we had different ideas about what the story would be. Marvel has a certain way of doing things, and I think they're fantastic, and a lot of people love what they do. I love that they reached out to me. I loved meeting Chadwick and the writers and all the Marvel execs. In the end, it came down to the story and perspective, but we just didn't see eye to eye. Better for me to realize that now than to cite creative differences, end quote. Uh, Black Panther comes out in 2018. It still doesn't have a director. It does need to find one soon. Uh, that being said, I am very excited to see this film, how it turns out, and what direction it takes the Marvel Cinematic Universe in. Uh, happy 4th of July, everybody. And now I'm going to pass it back over to Jim and Eric. Are you a big man? Pop! I'm talking to you! What? You wake up in the morning, you say, I put on my big boy pants! Look, I'm wearing a belt! I got big boy pants on! Stop! We don't, we don't do that! You're scaring the shit out of me, man! Stop it! This is this how you conduct yourself? In a democracy? What the hell are you doing, man? I'm so tired of you getting angry and, and yelling all the time. It's exhausting. And we're back, Eric. Hooray! All right. Did, did you play along with the game? No, I did not. <laughs> of I knew course the not. answers. Of course not. You know the answers. How, how many edits were there, do you think? Um, I don't want to give away the answers. Ooh, Come on. You're not going to give away the answers. Ooh All right. Well, we're going to get right in with it with um, the Flash reviews, where some people hate this, Eric, but we love it, don't we? Because it gives That's us a chance it. to talk about books we never would have talked about on the podcast, which is really accentuated in this one. Because it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You like it's okay. The, you like the flesh, but you don't love it. I, I don't love a lot of things. That's my girlfriend. Yeah, I know. Ooh. I I really like it because it does gives us a chance to throw in some of the digital books and some of the books that don't really fit in the podcast. Um, but that's all great and lovely. And here are the flash reviews. Boosh. Flash. He-Man the Eternity War, number seven. Now that Skeletor is on the side of good, he comes up with a plan to take out Hordak, but it requires She-Ra and him to go to the dark dimension of Despondos. The reason he knows this is because he helped Hordak conquer the sister planet to Eternia, Etheria, seven years prior. Things went south, though, when Hordak gave Skeletor the Havoc Staff so he could go back in time and steal Adora as an infant. And we find out that Skeletor was stuck in a loop where he, could, where he would go back, steal the child, raise her, and then become power-hungry and attack Hordak, only to have the Dark Lord kill him and put his skull on a staff, actually creating the Havoc Staff. But this time, Skeletor uses the power to escape and creates a paradox, making him what Hordak calls the Master of Death. An amazing issue that looks excellent, definitely should be picked up by anyone who loves He-Man, and I would have to say that this is the best issue of the week with a 9.3 out of 10, Jim. I don't know what you just said. I know. <laughs> I have no idea. It sounded exciting, though, Eric. But I'm it was gonna, very exciting. Was it exciting? <laughs> holy moly. I'm sure there are people out there that are such He-Man fans and like, holy crap, he finally talked He-Man. Uh, my head's spinning. Boosh. All right. My first issue of the Flash Reviews and the second one here is Injustice Year 4, number 9. Brian Bucciolato continues the fight between Wonder Woman and Superman. And while everyone looks on, we get a narration about willpower and fear. Wonder Woman displays the willpower, but Superman has no fear. 
Well, I'm sure Eric wore some of that no-fear apparel in the 90s. Never. Never. It's not a good thing for a world leader, even Superman. Just to prove the point, we are given a walk down memory lane of Superman's worst deeds in the series, including when he killed Green Arrow. Eric, it was so so depressing. And just when it looks like Wonder Woman may end it all, Sinestro arrives to show Superman the way. I love Bruno Redondo's art, but I'm tired of this book faster than watching uh, Eric's awful horror movies. Five out of ten. Just watch the movies with me, man. I don't. They're, they're terrible. You don't know that. Get on with it. Green Arrow number 42. Instead of continuing that horror tone of the book we had last issue, this issue decides to go sci-fi as flying tentacle robot police are deployed throughout the city, mainly because Green Arrow sucks at being Oliver Queen and wasn't paying attention when he signed off on the project. On top of that, the creator of the wannabe Ed 209s is working with the possible white supremacist vampire from the last issue and wants to take out Green Arrow. At this point, I'm not sure Ben Percy knows what he wants his comic to be, and I don't know if readers are going to stick around until he figures it out. 5.5 out of 10. I actually read this, Eric. I, I think you're being very, uh, uh, what's it called? Very nice with that, with that number. I would have probably given it a 4. I liked Patrick Zurcher's art a lot more. I, I, like, I like his art, but boy, that story is crazy. Uh, my next one, Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman number 41. While I really liked the first story of this two-parter, this finale fell a bit flat. Adam Beecham may have been offended by our podcast, Eric, but I was offended that this story had little to no resolution. After setting up the idea of real-world consequences and villain rehabilitation in the first issue, Cheetah runs wild and causes mass destruction. It ends with Wonder Woman depressed that it all happened over and over and over again. I loved, loved the retro art of Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. But yeah. I to, yeah, I did. But I—that's crazy long name. But I had to give this one a seven out of ten. All right. Yeah, and my next one is Batman: Arkham Knight number twenty. While I was worried about this book's survival once the game came out, this issue gives me hopes of a long run. The stars of this issue are the new Suicide Squad. Harley, Boomerang, Killer Croc, and Deadshot are in the house, minus the bombs and looking for action. While we do get a glimpse at the auction. Arkham Knight, yeah, that we get a little Arkham Knight auction. It's just one page. And a cool bit with Bruce, Tim, Drake, and Jim and Barbara Gordon. I can't wait to see more Suicide Bruce Squad Tim. next. In the, well, Bruce, Tim, no, Bruce and Tim. Uh, uh, Tim Drake, and it's funny, in this issue, uh, Tim and Barbara are kind of flirting with each other, and exactly. Bruce gets so mad at Tim for not asking her out. And he's like, I'm a, I'm a billionaire playboy. Haven't I taught you anything? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then next thing you know, Barbara's dead, like every one of a freaking Bruce's girlfriends. I can't wait to see more Suicide Squad next week. The issue ends with the Penguin giving them an offer I know they won't refuse. The art by Victor Bogdanovich and the story by Peter J. Tomasi are top-notch, and I gave this issue a 9.3 out of 10. Now in the final Flash review, we have Lobo number 8, Eric. This is the only book I still haven't reviewed this week, and that kind of shows you what I think of the series in general. While the issue starts with a pretty cool and intense fight, this book can't shake the generic feeling it's had from the start of this run. I will admit it again. I like Cliff Richard's art in this issue, but I just don't like much of Colin Bunn's story. The issue does end with Lobo on the wrong end of a mission gone bad, and maybe that will stir the pot enough to make this book interesting. Until further notice, just pass on this one and get something better. Like Omega Men, Eric. I give this issue a 4.5 out of 10. And again, this whole uh, start of Lobo, this whole first run was, like I told earlier, uh, during Midnighter, it was the find the assassin of of the month. Right. Now he's hired by an organization. Now he's finding their thing. So now instead of assassins, he's finding people that have wronged this. It's, it's the same thing. It's, it's awful. I really Maybe Lobo like will work with Midnighter in the future. He might, actually. That would work. 
That really would. Um, but I, I don't like it. I really don't. But I, in a weird deal, I like Cliff Richard's art again. I've always badmouthed that guy. But because you're the a art- dickhead. Now we're going to get to the final two books, Eric, and I would say that these books go together like a hot dog and mustard or ketchup. You like mustard. I said mustard. Yeah, I heard ketchup because I knew that's where you're going. You were thrown off. I I was thrown off. You really fooled fooled me. (laughs) I fooled you. Uh, Yeah, it goes like peanut butter and mayonnaise. There's a guy I knew who liked peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. What do you think of that? (laughs) Actually, peanut butter and Miracle Whip is even worse. Oh, God. He kept trying to push them. And uh, at points, had also had peanut butter, Miracle Whip, and uh, pickle sandwiches. Well, let's all hope that he died of a heroin overdose no, right guy, now. He might have. I think he became a teacher, though. He's a guy from West Virginia, so there, that, that'll spell it all out for you. <laughs> uh, but, yes, these two books will, every time we do this podcast and have these two books, they will always go together as, as a team. And, Makes sense to me. Uh, what's the first one? Batmite number two, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Corin Howe and Mike <laughs> Adier. Uh, you can go with it. We're butcher. Adier. We're the butchers. Batmite must fight off the terrible Doctor Trauma before she places her old prune brain into the body of Hawkman. And after reinventing the character for a new generation with his fifth dimensional powers, Batmite is gassed and thrown into the river. That's not enough to keep our Dark Might down, though. <laughs> No. But it did buy Dr. Trauma enough time to switch into Hawkman's body and try to kill the intruding imp. But with Batmite was <laughs> but Batmite was able to best the winged Dr. Trauma and switch them back to normal. As the issue closed, Batmite got offered a place to stay by some happy to not be kidnapped victims, but it looks like the villain Gridlock will be keeping an eye on this new vigilante of Gotham. Yes. You, I have, you, you crack yourself up with these things, don't you? <laughs> it's because I You can't at stop it. laughing at yourself. It's because of trying to read these. I'm got. I'm so close to the thing with my crooked ass glasses, and I'm thinking to myself that I keep just skipping a line. That's why I keep laughing about it. We just keep laughing and laughing and laughing. And the thing is, too, half the time I write these, I forget what the fuck I wrote. Yeah. So as I'm reading it here, I'm like, Jesus Christ, you and your alliteration. You. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, yes. I have no idea how people are digging the Bizarro book more than this one. What? This is a bat Batmite review, not a Bizarro bashing. And anybody who thinks Bizarro is better is wrong. You are a son of a bitch. The cartoony uh, style, which I normally hate, works perfectly here. And Batmite is just hilarious to read about, man. No, I, I love this book. I love this issue. Um, last issue was good. Um, yes. This issue was great. I know. And, I really, and if you're going to put them together, like we said, we, we're always going to, yes, Batmite, this, this issue was better. Batmite number two was way better than Bizarro number two. I'm starting to think that this should just be called UPS because it delivers. Ooh, it Do delivers, like huh? No, I don't. That's stupid. That's what she said, Eric. Oh. <laughs> I got to get to three. That's two now. I, I started late. I'm so going like to get there. So like Beetlejuice? Yes. Yes. All of a sudden I say that and some awful podcaster walks by my window. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I love the art. I love the story. Um, again, it's a goofy read. You're, you know kind of what you're going to get. It's not like we have to convince anybody. If, you're, uh, if you think you like Batmite, you're going to like this book. It's one of it, those funny books they keep talking yeah, about. Yeah, if you don't want nonsense. And again, this is one of the books that I think was a, a great addition with the DCU. 
yeah. uh, you get books like this. And I know you don't like Bizarro as much, but it's still, it's not a horrible book. No, I didn't say uh, it was. But it's no, just, this but, is way better. Yeah, this People is scoring great. Bizarro higher really yeah, um, aggravates me. And again, this is a book that pokes fun at the DC history. It the irrelevance of Hawkman so and how oh, people yeah. know him. So good. And Harry Hawkman. <laughs> He's so hairy. I That's like great. that. I also I like say, the, the, I like the bit though the Hawkman for a new generation oh, yeah, that, that yeah. Mike creates from the Bay is pretty much a Hawkman for the nineties. Yeah, it's generation. a nineties. It's a nineties. He, he looks like Hawkman. a love child between Carter Hall and the original Lobo. Yeah, I actually like him. I think it's pretty cool. I like the mace hand. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> I love the, I love Batman going through every iteration of Hawkman that oh, he yeah. cut here, ripping them apart. Just ripping them apart like yeah. nobody knows who you are. Yeah, oh, it's good. And that, I think that for the second issue, they picked a great. A, a character and yeah. it, it cracked me up gridlock's ridiculous at the end i i, I actually, laughed so hard because of you and your fucking gridlocks. i know i actually was just hoping and again it's not much of a great story but i was hoping that like the, how this issue was with hawkman they were he was just going to do it every week every month with another character and just rip them apart and make fun of them and then saying, he's got robin next issue i would think that um what they're going to do, well, what I would do is at the end of the deal, you'd have all of these awful characters all team up with them to beat, say, Gridlock at the end or whatever. Uh, did you like the shaggy amalgam uh, that's taking them in at the end? Oh, the yeah. yeah. Freaking, I was, I was like, shaggy amalgam? No, I do like those characters taking yeah. them in because he's just going to ruin their lives. And uh, what is Shaggy's uh, name in this? Do you remember? No. So, weed. Oh yeah, I'm like I actually had no idea what she was talking about. Yeah. Like, she said weed. Like, you offered him something. No, it's just, it's so ridiculous. Like um, you think you're seeing this bat mic because you're on weed? I had yeah, no yeah. idea what was going on for a second. Weed. It, it made me laugh, and I I have a feeling that they're going to have a Scooby Shaggy uh, kind of relationship coming up next issue. Makes sense. Yeah. DC does have the rights to the Scooby and, and it just it it it's funny. But yeah, this this whole book made me laugh, and it's one of those. Um, at one point, they go past a bunch of uh, tombstones, and this is one of those books where uh, you want to look through everything to see if, well, what jokes here, what jokes there, and I, they didn't have one. nothing. <laughs> I, I'm sitting there thinking all of this stuff's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's that say? Ooh, nothing. But you like when the dark might returns. That was great. They had, they had when um, Batmite was thrown in the river. He almost has a scene from uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. And I thought this would be a good death. No, and he comes back and he does this whole thing. He starts fighting the Doctor Traumed Up Hawkman. And my favorite part of this book is as he's fighting this fucking evil Hawkman, he realizes, hey. With Hawkman being like this, I might get a spot on the yeah, Justice League. He's like big he's so round excited. eyes, and he's so happy. I love this part of the book yeah, so much. Yeah, I laugh good. so hard. Yeah, and then he, he begs him to have the spot. He looks so <laughs> cute. Uh, yes, but yeah, uh, again, there's not a book like this. There's not tons oh, of Oh, no, talk it's a little about. funny book. It's just funny. It's, it's a good, fast read. It makes me chuckle. Cornhouse, um, great. Dan Jurgens really I'm telling you, the, the jokes landed a lot more in this issue than they did in the last. Yeah, yeah. I really, um, last issue I was kind of, uh, kind of, eh. Uh, on this the issue fence. has me in. Yeah, I was on the fence. Now I'm off that fence. I'm off the fence running through the field picking daisies. I liked it. Fair enough. What'd you give I it? Gave, I gave it a freaking uh, 8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I might have even gone as high as a 9. I liked it that much. I really thought everything came together in a really funny issue. And again, I think that if you are a Hawkman fan, the add, like a, add a, a point and a half. 
I think I would say a Hawkman fan like you should have given it a nine five, Eric. I'm saying I have to judge this book differently than I judge it for the like the nonsense of it, like the whole like how it's outside of everything. It's just mm-hmm. a little funny book. Yeah, I don't feel like I could judge it the way I would judge normal books. Yeah, okay. So you're gonna go that way. I took it on its own merits. You're gonna play it that way. All Maybe right. a little bit biased because of uh, my Hawkman love. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I'm not a big Hawkman fan. I liked it uh, in uh, a big fan of anything. Well, no, well, kind of. Uh, uh, reverse of that, I liked it because I laughed at how much Hawkman's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, but the next book is Bizarro Number no. Two, written by Heath Corson, art by Gustavo Duarte, Kelly Jones, Michelle Madsen, Francis Manipal, and Pete Pantazis. It's a lot of people involved, Eric. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. While this issue doesn't move the story forward as quick as I would have thought, I still liked it. The majority of the issue is a battle between Bizarro and King Tut for Jimmy Olsen's brain, but it's Colin the Chupacabra. He's my favorite honky. Yeah, okay, I have that. Colin the Chupacabra that saves the day. We do get a good demonstration of Bizarro's skill set, which seems to just expand, uh, which includes a classic, hypnotizing King Tut to think he's a chicken. But in the end, I was left wondering if Heath Corson focused on the wrong story. When we see our heroes zipping through more interesting places with much more interesting characters, I wish we saw more of that. I still like the issue and can't wait to see more of those X-Files agents and Chastity Hex next month. Yeah, that's, again, this is another one that's just a goofy little book. Um, yeah. Though, uh, like I just said, I find it weird that we get two issues of a six-issue mini where they're concentrating on this King Tut story in... Um, in Smallville, I think I that, love the fact that they actually pointed out in the beginning of the book too. No, not that King Tut. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I, I actually like that, but again, it's a story uh, for what it was. Could have been told that last issue. I know Agreed. that they had to start out and give you a little background or whatever, but there's no reason that you had to continue that story into another issue. Well, and, kind of because now it's a, we have Queen Tut at the well, end. You do. So it I seems said, like you might, she might come back. Well, in my review, I said that seems to be. Um, Setting it up for the main, you know, the villain at the end. But um, did you think that that was kind of an odd transition with her, though, in this issue? Completely. Be- well, she one, one panel, she's giving them medals and a new car. And the next panel, she's mad. And you could see her dad, uh, King Tut, acting like a chicken on the, the stage while they're right. doing all this giving the stuff to Bizarro and Jimmy. So she must already know he's a chicken, which yeah. actually I had a sound bit before, but I, I don't have it right now. Remember when Homer, when they're talking about, yeah, remember, Dad, that was when they convinced you were a chicken. I'm a chicken, Mark. Dad, remember those self-hypnosis classes we took to help us ignore Grandpa? Do I ever? It's five years later, and I still think I'm a chicken. I'm a chicken, Marge. I know, I know. Now, when they were when she was presenting the medals and shit, did you have the Star Wars thing yeah, going in your head? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely that. And uh, I, I actually thought that uh, Colin was going to like growl like Chewbacca because he doesn't, he doesn't get a medal, and he's the one who saved the day. <laughs> but yeah, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she's going to go after them and destroy them. Uh, it felt a little odd. Uh, it does say even later, but still, it seemed odd. Now she's going to go after him, but that's fine. Uh, you, it is you fine. Need a little six issue mini. You yeah. know, they're just going the fucking bizarro America. They need yeah, something. Yeah, I then just put- wish. Well, you get in this like I, I kind of hinted at. You get a run through the, a bunch of rest of the DCU, and they go to Gotham. Uh, they meet up with Riddler and Batman. <laughs> and have uh, some crazy hot dogs at a I want to find bat dogs. a Batman-themed hot dog yep. stand. That was the best part of the book, uh, in my opinion, just because I'm a great big fast well, person. Well, it's also what makes me laugh because this order isn't even enough for you. I'm looking at four double-ace the bat dogs, <laughs> extra Robin relish, one Bratmobile, 
which kind of is funny. Two like crispy that. fire fries, chicken night wings, which I love, <laughs> uh, for Colin, and uh, killer croc size cola. I don't like the killer croc size. I like the killer croc size. Yeah. And then they're with Jimmy, and he's like, sure, a chocolate Mr. Freeze. I'm just saying Gotham <laughs> and is that was dangerous. Great. And then the Riddler shows up, and he's he's a big fan. Or no, he's like, oh, the Riddler. And he's like, hey, man, nice to meet a big fan. <laughs> it's funny. Then Batman comes and hits uh, Bizarro with a... A uh, what's it called? Batarang. A batarang. It's kind of funny. Doesn't even notice. No. Then they they head off to Central City and accidentally punch Flash. And <laughs> Did again, Superman just I, punch I, me. I actually like a lot of this because it's one of those where they're like just getting the hell out. But the I would have liked more. Yeah, it's a montage. I would have liked more. These are interesting things and and funny. But we had talked earlier. The best part is when they go to Starling City, which makes no sense because it's, it's in the, for TV, the TV universe. universe. But it makes fun. And uh, Bizarro, they're laughing it up, and Bizarro has the "You failed, you have failed the city" T-shirt. I'm telling you, that was the best part of the issue. Yeah. Um, but then they also go. They go to Iron Heights. They go to uh, Louisiana, where Swamp Things there, and then they see Killer uh, uh, Gorilla Grodd. It looks like. Is that Gorilla Grodd at the end? I it kind of has so. questions. It looks like it's not. It must be. I would have uh, gone with Gorilla Grodd yeah, there. Yeah, but again, these are things that I really would have liked to have seen more. Almost yeah. like how the Batmite book is going, where you get these characters and they kind of poke fun at them or whatever. Um, but then at the end, you get the X-Files guys that I called uh, Scully and... Uh, Mully oh, and I forget what I, and I called him something like that. I, said, I actually, Mad Magazine yeah, I, I actually called him that in my review. But yeah, I, I like that idea or too. I, don't even I like the idea that there's this thing just going on in the way back uh, distance that'll come to a head at the end. Uh, then they go to an old west town with a bunch of ghosts, and they they meet uh, g -g -g ghost town. Yeah, they meet Chastity Hex, which again, uh, I don't. I even, like that. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> um, but then they're, they're, oh, it's a ghost town. Why do they call it that? And it gets the g -g 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 ghost. ghost. And there's ghosts there. And, and you're just And I really hilarious. hope that gentleman ghost shows up. That would be good. Um, but yeah, it looks like Robin's going to be involved uh, next issue. I gave it an 8 out of Robin. 10. I really, didn't you say Robin? Um, Batmite. Oh, you know what? You're right. I'm thinking different. Uh, yeah, you're going to get more of this chastity hex and El, El Papagayo. Uh, now they're yeah, throwing no all these problem. characters at you, thinking it's the other issue. Yeah, I'm saying they're and they're very similar. So yeah, yeah I got all confused. It's easy for me to get confused. I had a problem though. Again, maybe because I'm just a great big fucking dummy. This Bizarro speech, my brain does not want to freaking process what he is saying because it's backwards, obviously. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't even think anything of it this issue. Really? Yeah. It uh, gives no, me a I'm, headache every I'm time I read I'm already used to issue. it, I guess. I think that they did a good job in putting Jimmy. If it was just Bizarro by himself, it, oh, right, it would drive yeah. you complete nuts. Uh, but Jimmy's there doing most of the talking, and then Bizarro just says stuff, and I've not, I didn't have any problem with it this time. Um Again, because and it's weird. I'm almost reading it when I read it, and I think that I'm reading it um, as normal speech, the way it just how I think of it in my head. So I must be used to it by now. And I, yeah. I, I give credit to Heath. You Gorsen. bizarro motherfucker! I you. am. I am. I like you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, you so goddamn yeah. much. Uh, but yeah, I like the the arts. I really like the art, and with all those artists involved, I was afraid. But what they do is they get individual little. Um, pages that yeah. a couple guys just get pages. They have that beginning, which I thought was awesome, uh, where they have that kitty looking art to give you yep. a background. I thought that was great. And like the one panel, I'm sure, with uh, where Batman is hitting Bizarro with the battering, <laughs> that was a different artist. They, so they do it well, where they get a bunch of guys involved. I also like, I'm looking at it now. Good I, transitions. Like, I like that Central City has a Jay Garrick street. Did, did yeah. you see that? That made me laugh. And I like that, uh, that cartoony flash statue they got running. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, again, I liked the issue. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, it wasn't as good as Batmite. I'll give you that. But I, I liked it. For what it is, it's a good... What it is. Yeah, what it is. It's a, it's a good, fun read. It's nothing going to, you know, blow your mind. Yeah. But I liked it. What would One you give it? funny books. What would you give it? Seven. Seven. That's okay. That That's fine. You're, so I you gave Batmite like... an 8 out of 10. I think it's better than Bizarro. Yeah. Seven out of 10. You, you don't like fun, do you? Uh, speaking of fun, you know what we're going to have next week? So What's this that? Is, this is the end. I'm going to tell you what books are coming up next week. We have all, All-Star Section 8, number 2, which Excellent. I'm looking forward to. Uh, Batman, number 42, for you. Uh, uh, y- you can have it. Uh, Batman, Superman, 22, uh, right. continuing the truth story. Uh, One of my favorites. Catwoman, 42, which I love, you hate. Yep. Constantine the Hellblazer, number two, which I'm looking forward to see how they go with that. Damn right. Uh, Earth 2 Society, number two, which me and you as a collective unit probably are the biggest fans of that book out there. Yeah, it's weird. Everybody else seems to hate that. Uh, they I all have that world's end taste in their mouth, so they got to get over that. Actually, you know what? I don't think they do. I think most of the people who are reviewing that don't even know what's going on. Uh, Gotham Academy, number eight, which I have to talk to Joel, see if he's going to do that. And again, he can have it. You know, we have... Uh, all hell yes, breaking loose fire, outside. Uh, Justice League of America, number two. Um, I wonder if that's one of those triple issues for you. Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, but my most look forward to book of the week next week, Justice League United, number 11. I yeah, I look forward I can't to that wait. as well. Uh, new Suicide Squad, number 10, which I love that first, uh, number nine issue, the first so of the DCU. No, you didn't like it. You told me that you didn't like it. You told me that I was full of crap and that I freaking pushed that too much on you and you didn't like it. Red Hood Arsenal, number two. I like the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, I did see the preview for the Suicide Squad book, and it looks like Harley and Reverse Flash are going to show up. Remember, they're Excellent. in the desert yep. with the ISIS. Uh, Red Hood Arsenal, number two. I am not looking forward to because I did not care for that first issue. And Starfire, number two, Eric. Yeah, I'll take it as it is. I'm yeah. telling you, I was not a, like uh, wowed by the first issue, but I'm curious to see where they'll take it. It's funny, too, because usually the Starfire would have been one of those that I was like, oh, man, it's so hilarious. and so. But I think that when we get things like a Bizarro and a Batmite that are, are make me laugh a lot more than the, the um, Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor, Starfire just kind of falls flat for me. Yeah. It's almost stuck between. It's like not as funny as those really like crazy books, but... You know, I don't know. It just seems to not have... Now, it's only been one issue. I don't know what they're going with that. Remember we had that hurricane coming? Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, next saw. <laughs> uh, I want to find out what she was looking yeah, at. Yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, also, digitally, I'll be reviewing Injustice Year 4, number 10, Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman, number 42, Bar- Batman Arkham Knight, number 21. And I want to mention, I haven't mentioned, I keep saying to you in breaks that I'm going to mention, uh, this week a Justice League Gods and Monsters digital book came out. And they've already gotten uh, the Batman part, uh, issue one, one to three, three of Batman. That's already done. I reviewed all those. And Superman 1 and 2 are already out as we're speaking now. I'm going to review both of those tonight. Uh, and then this week you'll get Wonder Woman number 1 to 3 and then the start of the Justice League main book. You'll get issue 1 and 2 all next week. It's a daily book, Eric. comes out every day. Mr. Digital, man. Holy moly. Every day there's a new one, and I'm already behind. I'm two issues. Weekly ain't shit no more. We need daily. Next they're going to have, like, hourly. Each hour they're going to release another book, and boy, I don't know. It it actually ups my stats of how many books I've reviewed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the the writers, they just throw out that. It's J.M. DiMatteis is writing the whole part. Nice. Um, um, This is off the top of my head. The Batman 
uh, art is done by Matthew Dow Smith, and it's a real good. It's if you like a horror comic, like I know you do. Yes, I it's do. It's very much a horror comic, which kind of it's weird because it set the tone of the series. But then I read the Superman one and two. That's a little lighter. Uh, it's still serious. This world is Makes an sense. Elseworld story. It, it's it's a little darker. The guys are not who you think. Uh, Batman in the Batman book is Kirk Langstrom, and he has done his experiments, and instead of becoming a, a, a man bat, he becomes a vampire. Kind of like uh, Morbius the Living Vampire from Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. and again, it, it's a good story uh, that I really, really love the first two issues. The third issue kind of fell a little flat for me, but uh, as a whole, it was really good. Uh, Superman is a, um, a son of Mexican immigrants, that they are migrant workers. They have found General Superman. Zod is not a and, Mexican immigrant. Well, that's, you know, the step people. If you're going to say, you Foster. consider the Kents his parents, because they say it all the time, and I would too. This, <laughs> these are the versions of the Kents. I know. They're Mexican immigrants, Eric. And uh, it's good. It's really good. Uh, that art is by Moritat, who uh, did uh, All-Star Western. I haven't really seen much of him since then, since that was canceled. I really like his art. It's really good. Um, i, I got to get on this. Guy yeah, I forget, who's, I forget who's doing Wonder Woman, but Tony Silas is doing the main Justice League book. And the Justice League book is actually like 18 issues or 10 issues or something. That's an expanded one when they all get together. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it'll be really good. So if you want to see reviews on that, check us out on our site. It is Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com. We're also on Twitter at Weird Science DC. And we're on Facebook where? Oh, God. www.facebook.com forward slash Weird Science DC Comics. And Tumblr on something. Just look up Weird Science. And if you want to just find us, just look up Weird Science DC. I see people doing that all the time when they come to our site because, in fact, we do have a site that's actually the backbone of all this, the Weird Science Empire. The broken backbone. The Weird Science Empire. We'd love you to come to the site. This podcast is just for me and you to freaking blow off some steam and talk as um, a inappropriately named but funny guy, Army of Skanks. <laughs> that's a guy on Twitter who actually said he gave us a little shout out. He loved our podcast, said that we sound like a bunch of friends shooting the shit. And I wrote back that you better use that term friends uh, lightly there because uh, loosely, loosely, lightly. I don't know what I'm saying. It's time to go, Eric. It's time to go. Uh, yes, it's time to go. Thanks a lot for listening. And if you can listen to us all the time and also go to iTunes and all that crap, and give us some uh, reviews or some stars or whatever. But if you do, they probably won't show up. Yeah, some guy from Canada sent me a note and said, hey, look. And he actually sent me a screenshot, Eric, of, <laughs> of the, the comment. And it never showed up. I don't know. Maybe it, it's in Canada. If you're in Canada, I think look. iTunes is like against us now. Yeah, uh, the funny thing and is it, it wasn't exactly a great review. It, it was a nice review. He said he liked us, but he said we had dry wit and we might go on a little too long. Damn right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, man. Man, is us. But again, we are done, Eric. What do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. It's the P-L-A-Y, just here to say hi. Asking you, may I tell you about the day I picked up a microphone, a pad, and a pen. The legend of the tramp begins the party host with the most, giving you a dose, see? Leaving instructions, so listen closely. Two lines form, and make sure you step soon. Fellas at the back door, girls by the bedroom. The name is Flame. Don't dare play me cheap. The microphone.